Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. I got some good news for you. Climate change is returning. <laughs> the climate is changing, not because of the theory, not because of carbon dioxide, but because that's what happens with, you know, this is, we call this weather. <laughs> Okay, so weather can be cold or hot. It can be, you know, wet or dry. It can be snow or it can be hail, sleet, any number of combinations of things. But uh, we've got, uh, you know, folks are probably saying, see, climate change works. It's going to get warmer again. Well, of course it's going to get warmer again, you idiots. <laughs> anyway, the um, the news of, of the day is, is for, for me for right now is weather because it's freezing in here. I got two heaters. I got a radiator in front of me. And I got a little space heater behind me. Uh, you don't need central heat in, in Florida. Because this only happens, you know, for a week now. We'll probably get another week in January where it's this cold. But down in the 20s is insane, truly insane. But uh, the low today was 30. It's going to go to 57. High tomorrow, uh, 61, then 69, then 67. And by Saturday, it's going to be 72 degrees. Oh, boy. And Brianna in Oklahoma is thinking, yeah, great. Thanks, Greg. You just told me it's going to be 70 degrees here. And, uh, you know, in Oklahoma, it's probably going to be like 12. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, so the weather's a story. We've got a lot of different stories, but I want to get to Brianna right away, and I'll, I'll sort of work in all the other things I have over the course of the next three hours as we do what uh, we do best, which is, uh, you know, take time for me to vamp while I try and find my, uh, my button to push because I keep forgetting where I put things. Uh, oh, there it is. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding all of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. So, did you have a good Christmas? Did you get yourself a, a new microphone in your stocking? I have to ask. Um, I did get my earbuds. Okay, earbuds? Okay, that's good. Yeah, as long as you don't put... You sound a little strange. Okay, this, uh, well, not strange, but it just it seems a little distant. Try that again. I got new earbuds. Okay, yeah, because you sound a little different. All right, well, that's good. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we've we've talked about this, but we should at some point. Is the the dangers? In fact, you might want to do this uh, as a report at some point. In fact, uh, and why the government's not reporting on it more? Uh, that's the dangers of cell phones. You never want to put it up to your head. Um, the the rumor has it that the the glioblastoma, the 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 brain cancer that uh, Bo Biden. Um, you know, <laughs> insurrectionist Brandon's uh, son uh, got uh, was from cell phones. That's that's uh, that's something we should investigate at some point. But uh, yeah, so the oh, it just sounds a little different. You, you did something too. Did you adjust your your microphone or whatever it is again? Let's see here hear how you sound this time. Do I sound any different? Um, it just sounds a little more tinny. I'm just uh, maybe. So are you using earbuds? And there's is there like an external mic to the cell phone? Or are you speaking directly into the phone? I'm just speaking into the phone. Okay. All right, but you're using earbuds, right? 
Okay, well that's good. All right, I don't I don't get yes. too picky here. But yeah, okay, but uh, that's something. If you're interested in doing that, that'd be uh, you know one of the, one of our many research projects down the road is we should start talking about it because folks are always they're they're, they're carrying cell phones in pockets, you know they're leaving them on. I, I carry mine in my pocket occasionally too, but I always put it you know outside my wallet, so it's got about a you know half inch to an inch of distance um, between me and and the cell phone, and that little bit of distance that that extra half inch to an inch makes a huge difference in terms of radiation. And I don't think people really are conscious of that. I think they're, they're, you know, like vaccines, safe, safe and effective. No, you don't want to put it up to your head. You don't want to leave it in the same pocket and you don't want to leave it on, you know, necessarily um, all the time. Have you, have you looked into that at all? Or have you thought about it or talked about it? Is that, is that an issue now that we're immediately sidetracking? No. Okay. So we should probably consider. Okay. So, how was Christmas? Was it a white Christmas or I mean, just a cold Christmas? Or oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, what were you gonna say? I mean, like, um, I understand like the phone problem, but mm-hmm. not necessarily that one. What's what's the phone problem then? Um, in simplistic terms, a takeover. Say that again. In simplistic terms, a takeover. A takeover. Oh, okay. I just didn't hear the word takeover. Okay. So, yeah, you, like I say, you don't sound bad. It just sounds a little different. I just got to get used to uh, is it takeover of, of what? Like, you know, your entire life? I mean, people are, are living on their cell phones in that respect? Basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good thing to think about because I grew up without them. You know, I mean, I remember when the first answering machine came out. I think I've, I've told you the story. I mean, I started when I was a kid. We had rotary dials. And then we got touch tones. So we said, oh, this is great. We're not going to, you know, misdial everything, uh, you know, every, every third time and, and get some number. You don't know who you're getting, you know. Uh, and then, of course, eventually we got the answering machine. And once we got the answering machine, that was heaven. Because then we didn't have to answer all the phone calls to find out who it was. We could just let the answering machine, you know, find out. And that was the beginning of call screening. And from then till now, now it's just uh, the cell phones are, you know, I think there's more computing capacity in a cell phone than there was in Apollo 11, which, which landed on the moon. It's really quite fascinating. Back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's get going here. Let's let's find out what's been on your mind. What's how? Wh- where shall we inquire today? Um. So I have a couple of different things. I'm not sure if we'll mm-hmm. get through all of them. The first one, I sent you um a video through email. So if you like wanted to play it or anything, or if you can, um, I and it was, over, it was about the. Oh, well, you said it was, um, it to me, what, it was three minutes before showtime. <laughs> Great timing. I'm kind of busy at that point. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Let's see what this video is here. What, what yeah. you got for me? It's live radio. I don't care. Oh, it's it's about the, mm-hmm. like one of the largest tunnels, 25 feet underground from Mexico um, into the United States. And it ends in like this residential house. Oh, that's interesting. And they were talking about how there's, how it supposedly was just accidentally discovered, but then they were asking how nobody realized this. Well, because the government was in on it. I mean, you, you know, the the border. This is now. This is actually this race is a really good point. I've been thinking about for for a while. People keep insisting that that Kamala Harris, the the person occupying the vice president's office, or 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 Joe Biden, the person masquerading as as a as a real president, should go down to the border. I'm like, why? What to supervise their work? You know, to, to praise themselves for opening it up and letting in 5 million illegals. I mean, these are the people that did this purposefully. 
So making somebody, you know, that's like taking a bank robber back to the, the bank that they robbed, letting them get away with it <laughs> and say, see what you did? You robbed $5 million from this bank. And the, and the robber would go, yeah, isn't that great? Now can you let me go spend my money, please? You know, I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a very strange thing that's going on here. You know, why would you bring the, the, the perpetrators? They did this on purpose. This is designed to, to screw up our country, to bring in a bunch of people that are going to be dependent on uh, Democrat welfare and, and they're going to vote Democrat. This is, this, is, this, is, this is voter suppression, you know, by numbers of adversaries, by bringing in just, you know, millions and millions of illegal people. It's going to cost us a fortune and it's going to be a lot of work to get rid of them. We have to, you know, and the biggest work is to make their lives miserable enough that they go home. And I've got laws to do that, by the way. Of course. As you said, of course you do, Greg. One of the funniest lines I've heard in a while. Uh, that was great. That was great. I love stuff like that. Anyway, but, but what do you think about that? Why, why, you know, what, why do you think that this tunnel was just discovered now when the border's open? They don't even need a tunnel. They just walk in. So what's your take on this? Yeah, and supposedly it goes right underneath like a highly patrolled area. And I definitely hmm. think because they did know about it and they were part of it. And um, if you're, like, unable to, like, play it on here, I'll I'll tell you a bit more about, like, what it was saying. Um, okay. Well, The lady yeah. was talking about, um, in, like, Central South America, there's a lot of control of um, cartels, Russia, uh, China, and another place I've got. And they're all working together, I guess, in okay. using the tunnels. Oh, so, okay. Let's, this, this is worth exploring here. I think you're onto something. Now, so we have um, at Action Radio, we have several Facebook groups. One of the groups is the Special Investigations page. This would be perfect for that. So you can send me articles that I can post there. The, the majority right now, the last probably 20 postings on the Special Investigations uh, group uh, is regarding our power grid and the fact that nobody seems to be taking seriously uh, the fact that we've had about 10 years worth of substations attacked and you know, tens of thousands of people losing power. So we're going to do that in the third hour. But this is very interesting to me because tunnels, you know, I know there are tunnels in Israel between um, the alleged, you know, Palestinian uh, state, which isn't. There's only one state in Israel, and it's Israel. Um, but uh, those, they use tunnels all the time. And, the th- and tunnels have been used, you know, under borders a whole lot. They use tunnels to escape the prison war camps in, in Germany, for example. So the question is, why is there a tunnel, you know, with an open border? So what's coming through the tunnel? that couldn't just walk through the border. Now, I know they're seizing drugs at the border, so it could be a drug tunnel. Uh, but if, if, if this was, if you suspect was known about, so the question then becomes, why would our own government agents or some of our agents, which are not working for us, they're working for the deep state, why would they want a tunnel to Mexico, allegedly to the cartels, is what I'm guessing. So what, what do you think is behind this, or do you want to look more into it? Um, I like, always would want to look more into it, but to be honest, I'm not sure if there is much on it. Um, I think a lot of it's been kept secret on purpose. This is the only thing that I've heard about it. Um, who did this Instagram? Now, here's the thing about playing stuff. I mean, I love getting stuff, you know, that that you send me. As far as playing stuff, and people request that I play it things, was you know, a news. A it was like a news clip with, um, uh, some I forgot her name. Um, Let's take a look at it. Here, let me go back. Yeah, it's a Real America Voice. Real America's Voice is where it comes. Yeah, from. they just they just posted the news clip. 
Okay, so Christy I think Hutchison, the news clip actually Dr. came from like a Dr. Gina something. Okay. Well, this is how we follow up on, on stuff. So now so let's put your reporting skills to work or your investigative skills. Now, I don't know if you've done this yet, but I was thinking about this right before the show. What you do with Action Radio is resume material, you know, amongst other things. Uh, so if you ever want to put down broadcast journalist um, or reporter or both, broadcast journalist slash reporter, you know, radio broadcaster, um, you can add that to your resume right now because you're doing everything that, uh, you know, that one of these huge station reporters do. You know, you could probably get an internship out of this if you wanted to do that someday. So this is, this is real, you know, serious stuff here. Um, besides the fact we have way too much fun doing it. Um, but that's something you might want to think about too. Just, just add this onto your resume. So what I would do is look up Dr. Gina, Real America's Voice, and see how far you can track us. Because if it's on Instagram, it's probably on somewhere else. Instagram is not known for long reports. And you know me, I like to keep digging. It says, watch more at Real Dr. Gina, and it's got hashtag prime time. And then they've got a link there. So what, we can, what you can do this week is follow those links. See where they lead you. Down the rabbit hole, as they say. I love rabbit holes. I live for rabbit holes. <laughs> so, you know, see where it comes out. Uh, it, go ahead. The Guardian, mm-hmm. um, I guess this was a couple of years ago, said that they there was one from Mexico to Arizona. Um, Do you know what's interesting about that? It said it's for the tunnel intended for smuggling ran from a neighborhood in San Luis Rio, Colorado, Mexico to San Luis, Arizona, where it stopped short of reaching the surface. Um, no, what's interesting is that's in the Guardian. Do you, do you know where the Guardian is from? Guardian is from? Yeah, do you know where the, do you know where the publication is based? No. It's England. That's the British press. Really? Yeah. The Guardian is a, is a liberal British news source. I use it all the time. We have uh, another one of our many groups here at Action Radio. It's the International News Group. So I routinely post, post stuff from The Guardian. Uh, not because I agree with it, but because I don't. You know. But still, it's a news source. So The Guardian is a Brit- it's the British press, which is you know, part of the contention. This is something you want to look into you know, whenever you're doing a report. Check the foreign press, because a lot of times the foreign press reports more than the American press will about our own country. Um, so it's really fascinating to do that. But I've yeah. got news sources. You know, I've got, I've got an Indian source. I've got a Japanese source. I've got an Australia. You know, I've got Sky News in Australia and in England. I mean, there's many foreign uh, sources that I use, you know, over the course of Action Radio. But The Guardian, yes, British Press. Now, now what do you think? Yeah. Oh, there's something I didn't really learn that's new about this. No. Um, over we're here, both here to learn. That... This, this show is education for me. I mean, I learn more stuff doing the show, but I've got a lot of you know stuff packed away in my yes. brain. Happy to share it, of course, <laughs> which is part of the fun. Okay, so it said it was very well built with ventilation, water, a rail system. Um, of course, it had walls, a roof, and a floor. I mean, that's kind of this. This is this is like this is sophisticated. But, this isn't um, your typical cartel tunnel where the, it could collapse and, could, and, and they don't care yeah. because the people they send down it are mules. They're expendable anyway. So this thing had a rail system. It's called the most, sophisticated, the most sophisticated tunnel in U.S. history. So did it have concrete walls? Was it shored up? Did, and they had a rail system? Did it have electricity? Yes. So where was it plugged in? In Mexico or the United States or both? Probably both, but I don't know. 
Okay, I mean, like I said, you don't have to have answers to the questions. I just, I just let's, let's speculate. So now, so the next question is: Is Mexico and the United States um, Homeland Security investigations started excavating the tunnel in late July after someone reported a sinkhole near the border wall? Okay, you know what a sinkhole is? Yeah, or like the ground caves in. Yeah, which means there has to be a reason that they have them in Florida because the, the, the ground here is so mushy. It's so soft that uh, if you get kind of a really porous area under it, and I'm not sure exactly how it works, but uh, yeah, land just kind of caves in. <laughs> you know, oh boy, <laughs> just like it sounds, sinkhole. But why would you have one in the desert? The desert's dry. It's not like the, the soil is, is saturated with water. This is hard, you know, caked, desert, dry, clay, sand. It's not likely to, to be a sinkhole. Certainly not because of water. Yeah. So something's wrong here. Okay, so let's put our deductive heads together and see if we can figure out. So what, what's, what's the date on the article? Um, 2020. So that's two years ago. So it's a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're talking the middle of the Trump administration. Is the election year. What's, what's the date on it? Was it before or after the election this came out? Probably mm. before. Probably a month before, <laughs> I'm guessing. I'll guess. Okay, so so Republican convention. No, it's not. It wasn't a convention because it wasn't a presidential year. But that's when the primaries are. A lot of GOP primaries. A lot of a lot of electioneering is done then. See, I don't remember the story at all. So, the Guardian, if they're doing it, they would do it to discredit Trump. That's why they would. Do it. No, he wasn't in office. Wait a minute. No, twenty twenty. Yeah, that's when the election was. So August of yeah. 2020. Yeah. So okay. So that was that he was running for his second term, which he won. We all know. Um, okay. So I'm just I'm just thinking. Yeah, this wasn't. This didn't seem to be a big story. So now now we know there's two guys. You know, or, or let me let me not assume, but do you ascribe to my theory that there's we have two governments in this country. There's the deep state, and there's the the, the ones. You know, during the Trump administration, you had the Trump administration that was trying to do good work, and then you had the deep state that was trying to stop him at every turn. FBI. You know, all the different agencies that had their, their leftist deep state minions, including Democrats and Republicans. That's how I see it. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah. You don't have to. I mean, right now we're just kind of speculating the scenarios of what we know because there's very little mm-hmm. information on that that I can find yet. So, yeah. I mean, it <laughs> sounds realistic, but. See, I don't mind it speculating. It says that as it was long, incomplete, was... which means that they were. Okay. Which means, like before they, um, before it was found, they were still in the process of building it. Yeah, but this is sophisticated. This would have required, you know, uh, connecting up to two different nations' power grids. Of course, my next question is, yeah, you know, does, is Mexico and the United States on the same power grid? Because Europe's two hundred twenty volt, uh, two hundred forty volts, uh, as is Australia. I know because, you know, I've been traveling around. You can't, you know, you have, uh, you have appliances. Like when I travel, you know, electric shaver, you've got to have a, a conversion unit in it so that it can switch from 120 to 240 volts. So my question is, yeah. what, hey, what does Mexico... Go for it. it... What would you find? Oh, wait. Go ahead and ask question. No, it's okay. All right. Well, well my question is, okay. is Mexico on the same power voltage that we are? In other words, are our power grids compatible? Because if not, it's got to be plugged in at one country or the other, which means if it's plugged in Mexico, Mexico had to know about it because it's on their power grid. If it's plugged in here, then we had to know about it because it's on our power grid. See where I'm going with this? 
Yes. So what are you going to say? Mm. Is, um, I say deductive reasoning. So you know, you, you go from what you know to what you don't know, and, and, and it's amazing what you, can, what you can come up with. Yeah, go ahead. This says, smugglers have been using tunnels to get drugs and people across the border for decades. Two mm-hmm. years ago, authorities in Yuma discovered a sophisticated drug smuggling tunnel that went from a home in Mexico to an abandoned fast food restaurant, which is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Hmm. Um, it was about, and the restaurant was in San Luis, Arizona, 200 yards 200 yards north of the border. Um, the owner was arrested in 2018 huh. mm-hmm. after the authorities found several packages of methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, and fentanyl in the back of his truck. Allegedly searched to his home, the restaurant, and that's where they found the tunnel. It was large enough for people to freely walk through. He pleaded guilty to one count of using a tunnel or passage to smuggle controlled substances and was sentenced to seven years in prison, according to court records. And they continue to investigate the tunnel. This tunnel is big enough to walk through, standing up? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you know how sophisticated that is for a tunnel? That's a, that yeah. takes a construction. <laughs> yeah. That takes a construction company. Wait a minute. This is This is crazy. Because if they've shored this up, if they've got power in the tunnel, if they've got a rail system, that's a major construction project. To go two, you think two hundred yards? Well, that's not that long. Try doing it underground. You know that is a big tunnel to go that far. Yeah. How far into Mexico did it go? Um, I don't know. Let me let me go back and see if I talked about. Oh, this is interesting. I okay. see a lot of different articles from 2020, and there's one from 2013. So this has been known about for years. Yeah, that's what I found. I just when, never heard I, of it. Well, okay, but this is interesting. Well, because just now, here's the thing that you're going to find, and this is what I find so fascinating about research. As I looked into the power grid situation, and I was first alerted to that uh, by my friend, who I, I believe was, was killed with a COVID jab, uh, Dr. Peter Pry who is one of the world's foremost experts on nuclear pulse, nuclear weapons, the nuclear pulse being EMP. And he first alerted me to the, the, the problems with their power grid and how easy it was to fix it. So I'm really in tune with a few things that he told me. And so he died in August. Uh, about six months after he got a COVID jab, his cancer came roaring back, which is a very typical story. Uh, it still makes me mad to this day because uh, he was a friend of mine. But um, what was interesting was he alerted me to this problem of the power grid, and it had been going on for a long time. The dangers, the vulnerability to not only EMP, but people, you know, like they did in San Jose, I think they took AK-47s and blasted the this, this substation, knocked it out for a while. And strangely enough, guess what? Nobody was ever caught, I don't think, or, or, or tried. Uh, the people up in Washington that just did it over Christmas, nobody knows who it is. Okay. So, again, what I find fascinating is what's not being reported. So why isn't it being reported? Why isn't it being reported a tunnel, a normal tunnel, when, when like prisoners escape? You know, they're lucky to find wood to shore it up so it doesn't cave in on them. A lot of times it does. Tunnels are notorious for caving in on people. Uh, if you look into the, the gold rush, 1849, that's where the 49ers football team got his name from, for those that haven't quite made the connection yet. But uh, 1849, when they made tunnels looking for gold, a lot of those people died when their tunnels collapsed because they didn't know how to make a good tunnel. So the fact that this is sophisticated enough to have probably, did it have concrete walls or were they just the earth walls? How did they shore it up? Does that say? 
I'm, I'm curious the level of engineering. Um, I see a picture at. of it. Okay, tell me about I it. I see a picture of it. Um, I mean, the walls kind of look like rocks, but a lot of it is wood. Okay, so the wood's not that sophisticated. If it was a concrete wall, I'd be looking for major construction companies. <laughs> like Bechtel, who <laughs> comes to mind. You know, some of the other ones that, uh, that make underground tunnels. So here's the next project. Just for the fun of it. I mean, the floor, um, the floor, I can't floor. really tell very well, but it looks like it might be concrete because it's kind of grayish. Oh, see, now that's a, that's a different level of sophistication. Now, do you, do you think the, the Mexican cartels own a construction company? You know, I wouldn't put it past them. Okay. Well, let's, let's just for the fun of it, uh, since you're on the computer, look up uh, construction companies specializing in underground tunnels, just for the fun of it. Tell me what comes <laughs> up. <laughs> but I'm not positive that it's concrete there. I just, you know, okay. going off no, of just, a picture. Just, 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 just try it. You know me. I've got this kind of like devilish grin on my face right now. Construction companies specializing on. <laughs> See, you're, it's contagious. Oh my gosh! Uh, oh, what did it's you find? Actually, like you know, whenever it pops up and finishes your sentence, <laughs> yeah, it finished. Like construction companies specializing in underground tunnels, have finished. It. Okay, how many of them are based in Mexico or along the U.S. border? <laughs> are any of them based in Arizona? Or is it, where's the tunnel? Is it Arizona? I think you said that, right? Um, Arizona and Colorado. Colorado? Think, Wait a minute, Colorado. I think that's, it was that's, unfinished. Yeah, how about that? That's in the middle of the, the, middle of the country. <laughs> I don't think it, they're, not, they're doing a tunnel from Colorado to Mexico. I mean, they're, they're, they're crazy and they're, desperate, but they're not stupid. Go ahead. Yeah, they're crazy. Oh, where'd you go? She'll have to call right back again. That's fascinating. <laughs> See what happens when you... This is how it works, folks. This is, this is journalism. This is why I love brainstorming right on the air. Uh, this is live radio. You see most of the live radio, they already have their conclusions. They already have their, their stuff. They don't, they don't speculate. They don't ask questions. They don't do anything like this, which is really too bad. All right, just for the fun of it, let me play something real quick here while we're waiting for Brianna to, to reestablish her, uh, uh, her phone call. Yeah, let me see if I can play for you here, and I'll be right back. Oh, no, there she is. Okay, that was quick. And here we go. Oh, let's make it live. See, you left right during the good stuff. What happened? Where'd you go? <laughs> I was just about to play a commercial. I don't know. Okay. It just hung up. I don't know. Well, let's, uh, um, let's welcome the members of the FBI, the NSA, and the other security institutions that are now listening to our show. If, if you boys would just like to call in like normal people, 215-383-3832. We've got Brianna and me. You know, your lovable little, you know, host here. Um, so why don't you guys, instead of canceling my reporter, why don't you just call in and talk to us like normal people? And if you're going to come by, give me some warning so I can make coffee. Okay, there's no need to break my door down. Okay, that's my standard warning. Back to you, Brianna. <laughs> what did you find? She dropped again. Oh, this is crazy. This is really funny. Huh. Okay, she'll call right back. <laughs> Uh, we might have to get another phone. <laughs> she borrowed Dad's phone. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> Let's see if we can uh, see if we get to get back here really quickly. It takes a little bit to call back in. You've got to go through the uh, uh, the, the switchboard thing. You have to, you know. There we go. So let's um, 
Let me see if I get a message here real fast. Uh, have another phone standing by. Uh, if you have one of your, your, your parents' phones, that'd be really great, just in case. I don't. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it three, I'm not going to mention the, the three-letter agency again. Let's see, see if the, you know, it doesn't trigger their, uh, their, their phone hang-up system. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, but, no, see, but the one time, okay, so, so tell me what you found before, you, before they cut you off again. <laughs> tell me about the Endocrine okay. Construction Company. Um, so I looked it up, and I don't know. It comes up first with at like just the website to at grade construction free quotes family owned, but I think that's like a local thing. I think it. Okay. You know, we need something like Bechtel. We the next one big. is North American Dismantling NADC um, Heavy Industrial Commercial and Environmental Remediation Experts. A to Z list of tunneling contractors. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Uh oh. Uh oh. This is getting interesting. See, I never even knew there was such a thing. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, when I think of tunnels we made, I'm thinking like NORAD, you know, like Crystal Palace or whatever that thing is. Um, did you ever see the film War Games with uh, Matthew Broderick? No. Oh, you got to watch it. It's great. No. It, it's all about a computer. Uh, called the Whopper, you know, W-O-P-R, the Worldwide Operating, whatever it is. Uh, it's about a computer that controls our nuclear missiles. Uh, watch War Games. It's an older film, um, but uh, but take a look at it. It's kind of funny. But with the, the reason I brought that up is because they show the NORAD headquarters, you know, the Strategic Command, you know, where they, I think it's Cheyenne Mountain, Wyoming, you know, where they launch the, the nuclear missiles from if they have to. This is a big place buried underground. Do you know about a nuclear missile defense? Nowhere. Uh, um, NORAD, like NORAD. I know about like the, mm-hmm. I, I know about like you know the silos. Mm-hmm. But the order, the launch codes have to come from somewhere. In order to get the launch codes to the silos, there has to be a central command connected to the president, because only the president can authorize uh, the use of nuclear weapons, which is kind of interesting because we don't have one right now, uh, which puts us in a rather peculiar position. <laughs> the rest of the world knows it, but the American people don't. But um, Brandon can't order that because he's, he's not a illegal president. That's another issue. But if you look at that, this, the tunnels are amazingly sophisticated. So when I think of, mil- when I think of underground tunnels, I'm thinking military. You know, or, or people that build like dams, like the Hoover Dam, that, that, companies that can build that kind of a, a sophisticated uh, dam, they would have underground tunnel operating capacity. I don't think your average you know, drug-dealing, you know, machine-gun-wielding cartel is sophisticated enough to make a concrete floor tunnel shored up with a rail system and electricity. But governments yeah. are. Yeah, there's some other yeah. things that pop up. It's like a okay. Schnabel Foundation me. Company for Oops. tunnel and shafts, mm-hmm. Taylor Bros Underground Construction, Clark Construction Group, Tunnels and Mines. So basically there is a lot of different construction groups that um, – do things underground and these might be like closer ones or I really don't know where a lot of these are but there is mm-hmm. a ton and it just keeps on going okay so it could be mining companies they would have specialties in this uh, perhaps oil companies but the point is that wouldn't be too hard for the government to contract illegally with a legal company or force them or blackmail them into doing work for them or just have the government do they this themselves with their own contracts they have international companies 
Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, let's bring in the foreigners. Yeah, like, like Twitter. I'm convinced Twitter was staffed by foreign nationals <laughs> who didn't care about the Constitution because, uh, compared, you know, if you look at what they did. Okay. Well, keep uh, keep walking down the rabbit hole. See what comes yeah, up. Yeah, I'm getting. And I'm finding videos of how to dig a secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this fascinating? See what happens when you come on the show. You ask one question. This is where we go. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, tell you what, let's hold this for now. Let's 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 pick this up uh, next week after you continue down your tunnel, <laughs> literally, and, and tell me what you come up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, so ask one question. Thirty-three minutes later, <laughs> we're still talking about it. <sighs> That's Action Radio. So what? Uh, so I know you had some stuff planned. Let's let's get to that, and then because uh, we got uh, Josie coming in. Yeah. Uh, and I want to talk to her. Just real, some real quick. Belarus popped up on my international map. Now, the reason that's significant is because Belarus is directly above the Ukraine. Belarus is a Russian satellite. And Belarus, I think Russian troops are, are invading Ukraine from Belarus. Josie's been there. She's been to Ukraine. I don't know if she's been to Belarus, but she's been to Ukraine several times. And so I'm going to talk to her about that. If you can hang around, that'd be great. If not, then just catch the podcast later. Anyway, what did you have planned for me? Because I know you had some stuff planned. Where should we go next? Um... So before I get into the next thing, um, I want to say one of these little Christmas quotes that sure. Patriot Academy posted that they're like from presidents and they're just, you know, really fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one says, we will celebrate this Christmas day in our traditional American way because of its deep spiritual meaning to us, because the teachings of Christ are fundamental in our lives, and because we want our youngest generation to grow up knowing the significance of this tradition and the story of the coming of the immortal Prince of Peace and Goodwill. Um, and it has like a dot, 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 so I'm guessing there's more to that quote. Um, but mm-hmm. it's by President Franklin Roosevelt. Oh, that's interesting. I was After, guessing George Washington. That's, I would have guessed Washington, but Franklin – see, now this, uh, this is really interesting. Okay, so what, uh, coming from Franklin Roosevelt, Democrat, does, does that strike you as interesting? Um. Not particularly, because I think at um, that time, most people still understood what Christmas was and um, celebrated for what it was. Mm-hmm. So I think it wasn't as, you know, divisive um, politically and spiritually as it is today as it was then. Well, it's, it's divisive on purpose now. And the reason I say Democrat is because the modern Democrat Party, you know, is, is the party of happy holidays, not Merry Christmas. Uh, it's the party of you can't celebrate Christmas or talk about it because not everybody celebrates it. Well, not everybody celebrates Ramadan, but they don't seem to have a problem with that. Uh, the fact that this is used to, to uh, uh, separate out Christians and, and uh, you know, whatever reason that the, the left uses it for, for political reasons. And Roosevelt was a socialist. You know, he was the one that had the, the New Deal. Um, the uh, National Labor Relations Board and a bunch, and uh, the National Recovery Act. Uh, he's the one that tried to give welfare to American citizens. They wouldn't take it. And that's why he formed the, the CCC, the Civilian Conservation Corps, and the WPA, the Works uh, Progress uh, Administration, both of which were make, I mean, they did a lot of work. They, they, they helped do national park stuff, and they, I think they built the Hoover Dam and some other things. But in those days, you couldn't give Americans welfare money. They wouldn't take it. Well, that's changed. So I'm curious what's really interesting about that quote to me is that we had a, a, a God-loving, fearing, understanding president who was also a socialist. 
that would be something interesting to explore. So in other words, you know, God for me, socialism for thee. Um, and I'm wondering if there's a separation <laughs> in, in what you, you can quote me on that one. I like that. It's kind of interesting. Um, but what do you think? Do you, do you see a, a conflict there from what the modern Democrat Party and what they would say about Christmas compared to Roosevelt? Um, yes, um, because the modern Democrat Party, um, honestly, personally, I haven't read anything or heard anything. I'm not saying that they haven't because, you know, I feel like they've said some form of like a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or something. Um, mm-hmm. I just tend to not listen to them. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, no feeling. But you have to because you have to know what, um, what they're doing. They're listening to us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's basically the only reason right there. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Do you have another quote? There's actually a, a like a cycling clip of whenever Jim Saki was um uh, the press person, I forgot what it's called now. Oh geez. White House press co- uh, um, secretary, White House press correspondent. I think I think it's press secretary. Yeah, press secretary. Secretary, yeah. Um, now by Jean-Pierre, about... the, the world's dumbest woman. <laughs> She's an idiot. <laughs> you know, but it makes sense. Well, yeah. do you ever see the film Idiocracy? Government by the Stupid? <laughs> well, I, I, made a Facebook, I made a Facebook post that uh, the, only, the only way to get into the Biden administration, uh, the insurrection, is to be actually less intelligent than the person at the top. And you look at all of them all. See, Jen Psaki is really intelligent. She's brilliant. I've never heard anybody lie as well as she does. She's really good at it. She gets that sincere look on her face, that, that little smile, you know, and her straight hair and big blue eyes are looking right at you. And, you know, she's lying through her teeth. But she's doing it so well. I, I'm impressed with her ability to lie as I'm disgusted with the lies that she's telling. But she's really, I, you know, I admire that she can do this. And I'm glad she's just not there because Jean-Pierre can't lie at all. She, I mean, her lies are so horrible. Jen Psaki, at least, what, what's your perception? Do, do, do you agree with this, or do, what do you think? Um, that sounds pretty accurate, I guess. Um, I think okay. a lot of people um, saw through it very easily, so um, I guess it's less comparable in that aspect that, you know, everybody could really see through the lies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's hard to judge that, but uh, definitely agree on your, your second one. Um but yeah. um, the the thing circling around was um, it was a video of her saying like you have to decide which side of history you're going to be on, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and there there's the part that everybody who was like um, uh, that was like going around was whenever she was like we're doing like the best we can or whatever to prevent you from exercising your fundamental rights. Who said that? And she oh, actually was she said what's <laughs> where's that from? Boy, that's a great quote. Saki said that? Yeah. I, mean, I guess they just took the clip and just cut it. They had cut the clip and posted it around from one of her, um, uh, I guess, her little like speeches or whatever. That had to be right in the middle of COVID. If that, because that's what the whole idea was. And well, here's the thing, you know, this would be a good question for a friend of ours, you know, is can the constitution be suspended? Uh, Can your, can your rights be limited or restricted during a a national emergency or a pandemic? Be a good question to ask. Well, what do you think? I mean, the answer is no, but. Yeah, exactly. But people don't think that. 
I mean, rhymes aren't, rhymes aren't there, like, temporarily to be, you know, shuffled around or anything. They're, they're supposed to be a solid foundation of America through mm-hmm. any kind of problem. Yeah, we said something. There's actually this thing of, there's actually another um, musical that I remember, I have no idea who this one was, but mm-hmm. it was talking about um, different scientists and stuff, opinions about like a large pandemic and stuff and how some of them just didn't like it, didn't want to do this experiment of a large pandemic. And that's what they called it. They called it an experiment. And some huh. of them didn't want to because they didn't think it was worth it. And then the other ones, including Fauci, were like, well, it's worth it because we can, you know, gain knowledge from this. We can learn um, from, like, doing this big pandemic on how to fight other pandemics and stuff like that. It's like, that's an excuse for infecting an I entire just... population. And no, I just saw vaccine. that clip. Like, that's an excuse. Do you know what that's from? Because I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. It was just posted to our uh, our Action Rate Vaccine Project, which is a which is a private uh, group because I don't want the the trolls, you know, taking out my uh, uh, my uh, my project here. So it was it was posted. Let me see if I can find it here on my phone. I want to tap my computer with this. This was the, the Milken Institute. All I know is it was like a news clipping. Yeah, I'll send you the clip. Uh, I can probably yeah. do it after. I could probably do it after the show, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but there was there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with this. Yeah, that was an experiment that we well, see. We we know they knew about it ahead of time. This is all planned out. So I think I probably asked you this before, but what do you think came first, the virus or the vaccine? Um, you know, ordinarily, I think it would have been the vaccine. Um, but also, I think at the speed of it, I think they had may have had the plans for it, but maybe they crafted the virus first. Um, so I can see it happening either way. So it's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. I think though the uh, the vaccine was created first because it's not a vaccine; it's a messenger RNA gene shot. But given the, given that that semantic difference, I believe that Moderna, which stands for modern, you know, RNA. That's what Moderna comes from. That's what it means. Um, it, they knew about messenger RNA back in, uh, in 2010. Moderna was created in 2010 for the sole purpose of creating messenger RNA gene jabs. Uh, and so I think that's when they set about creating this, you know, what they're calling a vaccine, which is really a gene-altering thing, which obviously doesn't prevent COVID, stop it, lessen it, or anything. In fact, a lot of people are, are being killed by the, the jab itself. Uh, but I think the, the, the engineering, the gain of function, was to engineer the um, the virus uh, to this vaccine so they'd actually work a lot better together because the people that seem to be dying are the ones that are that are having health problems after they get the jab and probably after they've had COVID because everybody's been exposed to COVID. We learned that back in March of yeah, there was everybody, this yeah. Go ahead. Australian news source. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there was a video of um, some kind of not a press conference, but I think they were in some kind of session. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody was, you know, calling them out for the spike in like um, myocarditis and pericarditis and stuff, like yep. over the years and stuff, and the huge spike in two particular areas right when they were giving the vaccine or mandating the vaccine out the first time, and the second time was whenever they man mandating yeah. the booster, and yeah. they were like actually calling out the um, Australian government on it. For for mandating it or for okay yeah well a lot of folks have done that well for I mean, mandating basically they're 
they're basically showing that they're mandating death. <laughs> yeah. From the statistics. But, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, and this is the yeah. crazy part because you can't, you know, and have you noticed, uh, first of all, there's a film called Died Suddenly. Uh, if you get a chance to, to watch it, take a look. I've heard uh, of think, it. Yeah, I think Stu Peters uh, put it out. And so Stu Peters is a, is a journalist. Uh, he has his own show. Um, but, uh, yeah, your whole family might want to sit down and, and, and watch. It's, it's pretty disturbing and pretty graphic and pretty uh, telling of what's going on. But every time I hear a story, and I post these stories myself too, uh, Stefan Bonner, for example, uh, mixed martial arts guy. I used to watch him 10 years ago, maybe even longer. I'm not sure. But I, I was kind of a mixed martial arts fan because uh, this is more fun than, than wrestling. This is real. Right? These guys are really beating the, 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 the you-know-what out of each other right there on TV. I think, well, you know, they want to do it. You know, they want to do this for my entertainment. It's like the gladiator duties, right? So they got these wimpy little gloves, and they're, it's, it's everything. It's holds. It's, uh, you know, it's wrestling. It's jujitsu, it's, it's karate, kung fu. The whole, they all throw them all together. And Stefan Bonner is one of the better ones. Uh, he wasn't I don't think, I mean, there was a famous fight, the Stefan Bonner Forrest Griffin fight. And so this would have been maybe like the 90s. I think the 90s. So this is a while ago. And Stefan Bonner was 45. He just died. Uh, and, and what I can't figure out is why the rest of the world can't figure out that a world class athlete who would have had his heart checked, you know, probably monthly, you know, ever since he became a professional, uh, if nothing else but insurance reasons, how he could suddenly die of a mysterious rare heart ailment. You know, after having been a professional athlete for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, that doesn't make any sense to me. And so why, you know, yeah, and this is why all these died suddenly. Go ahead. It's become like much more common for these perfectly healthy athletes and they're perfectly fine. But once they take the vaccine, they die mm-hmm. suddenly. Mm. Uh, any of your friends worried about that? Who, who took a jab? Do people talk about that? Um. You know, at first, um, like the people I know, they weren't really worried about it. But I think mm-hmm. once, like, they learn more um, from my parents, <laughs> um, when they learn more about it, and they were actually um, understanding it a little bit more, I think they, I think they were still like, um, I guess, more hopeful or okay with it. Um, but I think they were definitely a little bit more worried about it. But I think because something hadn't happened to them yet, I think they might be fine or, you know, not want to take any more boosters or anything. Uh, so I think it was yeah. a change of mindset yeah. about it. But I think um, they're not particularly worried for themselves. Well, I it's mean, interesting. That, uh, they yeah. could privately be, but. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a ticking time bomb, you know, and you don't know whether it's going to go yeah. off or not. And there were certain areas that had different formulas, and there are certain areas that had a lot more deaths, and others that, uh, you know, many fewer. Uh, it just, it, it's, it's, so much of this is, is dependent on, on all these external factors. Um, but it's not safe, it's not effective, and it doesn't work. And it's actually crippling and in, injurious and, and fatal. Uh, as we know, people are just collapsing, on, you know, and it's very strange. But anytime you see, uh, here's what I look for in a news story. In fact, you can feel free to report on these too. They'll say it's usually a rare something. That usually heart something that came up suddenly without warning. Uh, they do not state their their uh, their status uh, as far as uh, the vaccine, the jab. They don't talk about that, uh, and it's always or it's unknown causes. Drop sudden, you know, world class athlete suddenly dies of unknown causes. What do you mean unknown? We know exactly what it did. Those to me are like the hallmarks of of a COVID jab death. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so I have, I think, three or four other um, things to share. I think um, I'm going to leave the rest of the quotes. I might just send some of them to you. Okay. Just, you yeah, know, and I can fun. post those. But, we, have, we have an Oh My God group, too, so yeah. we, we have <laughs> one of my many groups. So we have uh, a place to post that. Um, also, too, you, because of the way we, we digress on stories so much, you, you never want to save your best for last. I would, I would start with your best story because that might be the only one we get to. But if you're, if you're prioritizing your, your stories yeah. or things that you want to cover, uh, don't save anything. Just go right with the best and just kind of work your way uh, through the stories because, you know, the, I, I tried that. That's what I used to do when I did I'd save my best for last. I never get to it. Jonathan's famous for that. He's yeah. mostly a legal reporter. He'll go, well, I really, I really want to talk about this. And then, of course, you know, we never get there. And it's the next week. And then there's something else that's happened. So feel free to, to hit the, the most important thing right up front. And then we can kind of uh, take off from yeah. there. Does I that make sense? I have something, yes. I have something okay. very interesting. Hmm. Um, but first, there's something a little small in between. Um, okay. The first one is like education. There's a lot more circling around. Um about, you know, the value of education, and there's actually a lot more coming out about, you know, education is the ability to think and understand, but now it's just being taught to know what we tell you. And they're talking about, like, comparing it to tactics of, you know, authoritarians and warlords. And honestly, I never even thought about warlords being, any like, anything close to, like, any kind of educational comparison, especially now the way education is taught, that's a comparison to how they teach. Um, It's basically just to know what we're telling you instead of, you know, learning and thinking and understanding. And there was this little sticker, like, um, the library is, like, um, getting stickers to hand like prizes for one of the kid games. And they they pulled some stickers that they didn't, um, some, like, reindeer book game. Um, Okay. It's for, like, the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had stickers that they didn't want to put out. Um, mm. I think there might have been like 10 or 15 of them. And they put okay. them on the back counter for like if any of us wanted to grab any of them. And um, there was this one, and it had, I'm kind of digressing here a little bit, but it was um, <laughs> it was a little broccoli. And it said, um, eat your broccoli and read Leviticus. <laughs> it was really stinging. <laughs> it cracked me up. <laughs> yes. So, so I guess we could call that food for thought. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Couldn't uh, resist that. Um, um, <laughs> then there's two other. The other one was just like, you know, it said, read the Constitution in like this fancy print. But um, uh-huh. the third one I grabbed, it was a quote by Albert Einstein, and they put it on hmm. a little sticker with books. And oh, it said, of course. Um, Education is not the learning of facts but the ability to think. And it was a very interesting quote because, you know, in reality, learning to think kind of, um, not kind of, but it does open you up to understand the facts and to decipher what is real and what is not, what is true and what is false. Ability to think does that for you. I think that's what he was kind of highlighting in that quote. It's just interesting because I never knew that he had said that. Oh, there's a lot of things Einstein said. One of, the, was brilliant. Um, one of the brilliant geniuses, you know, in all of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, it's interesting about Einstein. If you study uh, his writings, uh, the, the, the more he studied physics, the more a believer in God and the stronger his belief in God he became um, because he realized that there's no way that this could be some kind of cosmic accident. And so Einstein didn't start out this way. But it's interesting if you read some of his later writings. Uh, it, it's, it's quite fascinating, some of the quotes. Look up, look up Einstein quotes, you know, Einstein and God. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Back to education. Yeah. Let's talk about critical thinking skills. Now, we've talked about this before, I believe. But when I say critical thinking skills, what comes to mind? Um, problem solving, digging, um, I guess asking the why questions. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's actually skills... a funny video about that too. Okay, go ahead, tell me. It was yeah, somebody wait, wait. made a joke. It was, um, it was actually one of I think they like kind of borrowed like a surrounding joke and kind of made it into this funny thing. But uh-huh. they were kind of like making fun of liberal logic, and they're like, "Look, I made this delicious." Or no, they're like, "Look, here's this delicious plate of cookies," and they're like, "Oh wow, they look so good. Who made them?" And they're like. Why would you ask that? Just ate the cookies, and he's like, <laughs> um, like, um, the milk, the eggs, all of this stuff just appeared here. You know, there was a lightning strike that put them all into this bowl. You know, a heat wave came in and just baked them perfectly. And it was pretty dangerous, like going all out with all these different things, like making fun of, like, why you would question this? Of course, it just appears this way. Yeah, and exactly. It was, it was actually really hilarious. I kind of yeah, if, if, it a, funny. if a dump truck because... dumps out a dump of bricks on the ground, uh, it forms a house every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a really good explanation of critical thinking. It's like it's mm-hmm. not just the end result. Like, cookies aren't just cookies because they suddenly out of nowhere became cookies. You know, there's a bunch of steps to it. There's a reason why they became cookies. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of places where the products came from. There's a bunch of factors that came into how those products were made with what abilities and what, you know, freedoms, what products, what money. Um, and that's also a really big argument for, you know, um, uh, the existence of God as the creator of the universe. That's mm-hmm. also one of the same arguments. You know, if everything is so perfect. Like, every little cell in our bodies came out so perfect because everybody says it's like a random chance, but it would, like people have actually calculated this. I haven't because I don't want to do that math, but people have actually calculated. (laughs) I don't either. And the probability of it coming out perfect every single time, like every single cell in your body in one human's body is Mm -hmm. impossible. Mm, Yeah, it is. The ability to have everything and like even just think of like the mindset and the intelligence of a human compared to every other creature on earth. And and there's intelligent creatures, but nothing can even compare to the intelligence of a human being. That's Certain true. human beings have an exception. Um, <laughs> Look at the lower end of the scale. Yeah, the, the lizard brain dominates. Well, we're not going to yeah. talk about those presidents. No, but this people. is fascinating. Yeah, um, there was something. That, uh, well, the critical thinking skills, the, the, what I remember reading about this is that there's the liberal version uh, and then there's, you know, what, what most of us assume it to be. So it was, I was watching something on the news last night and, and a guy was talking about how the left will take a term and reverse it by simply putting a, a prefix or something in front of it. In other words, correctness. Correctness implies that something is correct. It's authoritative. It's been backed up. You've got evidence. You've got facts. You know, you've got conclusions. That's correctness. But now you put political in front of it, and correctness doesn't have to be correct anymore. It has to be agreeable. It has to be approved. 
Um, justice was the other one he mentioned. He says justice. Oh, one side. What's that? Oh, well, go ahead. Approved by one side. Well, yes, exactly. But that's the, in other words. But that's how the left would manipulate language. Uh, justice is the other one. You know, justice implies that you've had due process, presumption of innocence. You know, evidence was was brought against you. You know, you went through a trial and jury convicted you, and uh, you know that, and then you th- that would be justice. Or you're, you know, the system worked and you're innocent, and you, you know, and uh, you know you're back to your free status. You know, with the, you know that justice that we, we're talking about justice, we're talking about legal justice. But if you put the word social in front of it, now it's a political agenda. Now it's in, in terms of groups. Now it's a, there is no individual rights anymore in social justice because we're doing it for for society. Uh, social security is not an individual retirement plan. It's not social security was never meant for the individual. It's meant for society as a whole that would benefit from taxing people and paying certain people and paying people, you know, a certain amount back and having the government spend the excess. That's what social security is. That was the other bill idea, wasn't it? Like to opt out of social security. Yeah. Well, study the Chilean system. If you want to, if you want, and this would be really good for you. Chilean, uh, Chile, C-H-I-L-E, Chile. So the Chilean, C-H-I-L-E-A-N. Chilean Retirement System. And look up the Cato Institute, C-A-T-O, Cato Institute, because there's a a reporter there, um, I think he's from Chile, who works for Cato, which is a, a, a libertarian think tank, or so they say. And they've done, they just, this is several years ago, they did some reports on the Chilean system. Basically, the way it works is um, instead of the government taking 15% of your income, which they do here, oh, they say you pay 75 and the company pays 75 But the point, the point is the company sends 15% of the money they would have given you to the government. And that's called Social Security. And then you get far less back from the government than you would get if it was a private retirement account. See, in Chile, it's a private retirement account. Yeah. They, they still mandate the 10%. I think you've because told me about these before. Mm-hmm, probably. Yeah. But if you want to investigate that, and then if you want to duplicate the Chilean system here, that would be a fabulous bill. And the reason it's so critical for you is that you, at, during your working life, you would be far better off, you know, in your 60s, where I am, um, to, have, to have an independent retirement account that would make everybody basically a millionaire. And it's something that you could pass on to your family. So Social Security is only for the individual. Oh, yeah, there's spousal benefits and things like that. But basically, if you, you know, when you die, all the money goes back to the government. That's why it's called Social Security as opposed to individual. If it was individual security, you and your estate and your family would keep whatever you earned, you know, plus the interest that you earned compounded over time. So the government takes that part. Yeah. That's why it's social. So, but it'd be particularly you know, important for you to, if you study the model, and then find where in U.S. law the Social Security Act is, and then let's start replacing it. Let's, let's write a new bill. That would be a fabulous bill. It would be a big project, um, but it would be worth it because then we could talk about it, put it on the, uh, put it on the air, and I could get in some experts. I'm still trying to get Grover Norquist, for example, uh, because Amber wanted to – Amber Kemper is our constitutional reporter for our new listeners uh, – wanted to work on an electric car tax bill. So we're trying to get him on because uh, I want to slap a $25,000 hazmat fee on the battery of every electric car, because that's probably what it costs. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but those are the kind of things we do. And then we can get to, uh, we can go back to the Cato Institute that, that initially published their studies. And instead of just talking about their studies, let's have an actual bill attached to it. See, I want to be able to go back to Cato and Heritage and Hoover Institute and all these, you know, allegedly conservative and libertarian think tanks that don't do anything except write reports, congratulate themselves, and then go to their luncheons. They don't actually accomplish anything. 
I want to take those, those studies that they do, which are really good studies, but I want to turn them into action. And so you could even write the Cato Institute yourself. Find out who's doing that. Well, let's look it up right now. We got a, uh, Josie's going to join us in just a second here. Look up uh, Cato yeah, um, Institute. Before, yeah, go ahead. I might do that at a different time um, because um, before the show today, I want to talk about a really interesting Supreme Court case. Okay, um, I found it when Let's I was do like doing some college research. Yeah, it's we'll called Grove City versus Bell. Huh. Have you heard of this before? Uh, I, Grove City sounds vaguely familiar. Why don't you tell me about it? Yeah, so it's a college in Pennsylvania, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, a really, really nice college, by the way. Looking into it, it's a really great mm. college, a really great principal. But okay. um, so, if any of you listeners are like going to college, look into that one. Um, <laughs> And yeah, that sounds good. The particular case started out, I guess, like in the state courts, or I honestly don't know where it started out, but the first time they had a judge, mm-hmm. and the judge basically was over Title IX. And if they were saying that they were against discrimination. They agreed with the, the Title IX. They liked Title IX, but they weren't going to sign on like every other college because they said it was like signing a blank check and basically giving the federal government control over their their um, their college, their institution. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to stay private. They wanted to have their own decisions. They wanted to run their own college without government interference and government control or government power anywhere near it. And so the government said, okay, well, we're taking all of your federal funding. But the thing is the school didn't have any federal funding funding the school. So like, <laughs> okay, well, there's nothing to take, so whatever. So then they were threatening Pell Grants for the students. Like, the, you know, students get the federal grants, like the Pell Grants, and they use it, like, towards the school, and they said they're going to stop any of that for students attending that school. Like, it won't work for them. Um, none of it can work for that school. And they're like, okay, well, this is a problem because this is going to hurt a lot of students you know, that have gotten this, they're going to lose all of that money. But so they fought it, and the judge um, ruled on their side and said, yeah, this uh, this Title IX has nothing to do with the funding of, like, these grants or anything. It has nothing to do with it. There's no reason why this should uh, be something placed on the college. And so um, they'd won that, but then another judge – I guess it was a couple years later or something, that had overturned that and said, no, um, they have the right to withdraw like, the federal grants and stuff to not work for your college. Um, so at that point, they took it up to the Supreme Court. And then the Supreme Court ruled that the federal government, um, that they didn't have to sign Title IX, that the federal government was still going to um, not allow Pell Grants or federal government grants for the students to work at Grove City College. And the the most important thing about this was they stuck to their principles. They still Mm -hmm. stuck to what they believe in as, you know, a Christian college and what they believe is right, which is something that you don't see in a lot of colleges. And I think that's something really, really great that they've done. Um, Everybody was, like, celebrating the win and stuff, but the people, um, the leaders of the college and stuff, of course, they, like, didn't want to sign this Title IX and give their school away, and they're happy in that aspect, but they also felt that they had lost because they didn't want their students to have to lose out on those grants. 
Um, and that's the reason they went and fought it. Yeah, it's called so, extortion. I mean, <laughs> that's what that is. Listen, yeah. I got to hold you up just for a second. I've got Josie on the line. Uh, in fact, her line's live right now. Um, what what I want to do in the future? We need to start with with this with a topic like this because this really deserves some serious discussion. I don't want to shortchange it. Uh, I want to pick this up again. Uh, it sounds like Hillsdale College too. But Title IX, can you just in, in like a sentence or two describe what Title IX is? And then I want to bring in Josie to see if she has a comment on that. And then we're going to kind of – and you're welcome to stick around for the rest of the show, uh, as always. But uh, to, Title IX, if you had to sum it up, or if you could sum it up real quickly, what is Title IX? Um, so I haven't read it like thoroughly or completely, mm-hmm. But I know it's like an anti-discrimination bill for um, any government institutions. Yeah. Or any yeah. It's, uh, as far as I know, it's that you can't discriminate. You can't, you know, deny women sports. In other words, if you have a men's basketball team, you have to have a women's team. I don't think it equalizes funding, but I don't think it. But I, I think no. it equalizes access. That you still have to have a team, and that makes sense. So that's how women got sports teams when colleges were were going for the guys because they brought in the money, uh, and that's the way that goes. Um, Hang on with that for, for just a little bit. Josie, let's get you on this here, too. Do you, are you a Title IX person? Do you know about that? Did you play sports in school, and uh, like pre-Title no. IX and then post-Title IX? Okay. No, I didn't. I, uh, good morning. I didn't play really that much. Uh, but what I don't like right now is all these uh, trannies uh, trying to compete with the poor young ladies, and I don't like that at all. Uh, well, let's ask Brianna. The, uh, Brianna, do you, do you compete in sports? Are, are you in, in sports in school? Do you plan to maybe do uh, maybe not a, a college scholarship, or you might be doing a college sports scholarship, but do you plan, to, you know, uh, has this affected you to have, you know, Michael Thomas on, on a women's swim team, for example, in Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania? Yeah, I personally, this year I'm not playing sports, but I have most of every other year. Um oh. And, I mean, it's, it's absolutely wrong to um, have, like, boys who think they're girls on a girls' team because you can think whatever you want, but the reality is different, and it has put so many people in harm. And I mean, there's that one of that girl in the coma because there's the male volleyball player on the other I team. I heard about this. Yeah. That spiked it. And, yeah. And there's – a lot of like the She's MMA or I yeah. boxing or MMA, mm-hmm. um, where they were bashing the skulls in of the girls. And, I mean, well, had, I completely agree with Josie on this. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm with you guys. And they, fact, can, my, my... they can injure some of those young women, you know, well, because these are men. This is muscular yeah. men with the muscles, you know. That that should not be allowed at all in uh I think they're uh, bashing. They're, 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 the government is allowing for the women to be harassed because this is harassment. This is discrimination. This is to put women down that they want to do everything. They want to get pregnant now. Uh, and, you know, it's so stupid. The whole thing is it's, it's nonsense, and they know it, you know. So it is. That. But, you know, you know, I'm very, I'm very proud of you that you know so much about the vaccine and thank god you guys too probably your family too so because the vaccines are deadly all of them yeah with with like the sports and stuff and even just outside activities you know it'd be funny if it wasn't just so horrible um 
But, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like, all the talk about, you know, the uh, feminists saying they hate the patriarchy and all of this stuff, um, and that they're all, like, all pro-transgenders and stuff like that. Did you guys hear about mm-hmm. some pageant where the boy won the pageant and none of the girls did? Yeah, no. I have heard of that. I've heard of was. In a female pageant, like, and I think that you guys are absolutely correct when you say it's, like, degrading women and lowering their abilities, their values, what they can do, because men, um, trans men who who think that they're going to change into a woman are taking over everything and not, you know, letting them participate in sports and activities to have a chance. Absolutely. You know, yep. it's interesting the way you phrase that as, as, as trans men, you know, because this is they, what they're trying to say is that if a man is pretending to be a woman and has either horrible surgery or, or drugs that they're taking, that they're really a trans woman. In other words, they're transitioning into being a woman, which we know is impossible. And so if you say trans men, yeah. you know, then, then that's actually taking a stand against it. Or as I just call them, men. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can call, I, don't, I don't use the word trans. I mean, transgender, the only people I call transgender are the uh, Republicans. The rhinos, and I call them transgender Democrats. That's because it's funny. <laughs> you know, I love doing that. But, uh, but, but uh, hey, I can yeah. use language too. You know, I, we have a lot of creative terms here. Yeah. The gelding old party. You know, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. But, but if you stop you, calling, if you use the, the language appropriately, in other words, when you say, you know, this is what I call Michael Thomas on the women's swim team, is an entirely different connotation than if I said Leah Thomas on the women's swim team. It's Michael Thomas, the dude. And, of course, my answer is that the, the women's yeah. swim team should do a bikini shoot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That'd out him real fast. Yeah, that's a good one, you know, bikini I mean, suit. disgusting as that sounds, it would be funny. Um, but, but, you know, people have yeah. to get creative. Get creative with your solutions. But, I, but uh, go but ahead, Josie. I think, Greg, what I think is they're trying to put women down more, mm-hmm. more than anything in uh, – like when I started going to the Ukraine at the beginning, women were not allowed to drive at all. They, they were not given licenses, driver's licenses. That's like a Muslim discriminating country. women. Huh? Why in the Ukraine? That's, exactly That's like a Muslim. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But now so we're, we're, women drive, but it's a chaos in the, in the city of Kiev. When women started driving, it is a mess. <laughs> well, they because weren't used to it. I mean, every uh, and, you know, so. yeah, it takes practice. Well, let me ask you this: Why are we giving 110 billion dollars to a country that won't even let women drive? Uh, it's all a fraud. It's all for their bank account. Uh, the Ukrainian people are not getting anything. Uh, I just sent a little money to one of the young girls, and I have to send more to the rest of the families uh, for them to eat. Uh, I don't think I have the money right now to send for a couple of generators because they are without electricity on and off, eight hours, another eight hours, just like Cuba. And, you know, this is part of communism because in Cuba, there's no reason why they shut the power off, uh, on and off, on and off. So you don't know when you're going to have it, when you're not. And then the water, they shut it off for 15 days at a time in Cuba and, uh, that's what California was trying to do, shut the water so nobody has water for so many hours, you know. This is all part of communist control. Uh, Zelensky wants to freeze his own people, and that's the agenda that they got going on. So they're, uh, they're very cold right now. My friend keeps sending me messages, oh, my God, we don't have electricity, you know. 
uh, it's it's not good. So the Ukrainian people are not seeing the money stole from our uh, uh, government, uh, our American people. It's going in their pockets. And this criminal communist, Zelensky, uh, he's coming to our country to demand money that, it, that we need to invest it in them. Yeah, right. It's for their bank account or the Clintons, the Bidens, uh, uh, Romney, all these people involved, Obama. Yeah, these people are criminals, and they're doing it right in front of our faces, and the stupid rhino Republicans are signing for it because they're part of it, too. They're probably getting a cut. Oh, I know they're going to get cut. We know that they do that. Let me, let, me, let me play your theme. And Priyana, you know, stick around as long as you want. And uh, if you have to go, then we understand it. It's been great talking to you. Well, certainly uh, I'm looking forward to next week. But I want to start with that Grove City case and critical thinking and education because there's, there's those are huge topics that we really need to explore a little bit more. In the meantime, let's uh, get Josie's theme. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua living under communism. Now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Coffey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Yeah, I just want to jump in here real quick with something that happened that just I just discovered this morning. Belarus. Uh, has popped up on our international map. And, and why that's significant is that Belarus is the Russian you know, client state directly above the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That to me yes, is interesting that, that uh, some folks in Belarus are listening to us. Let me greet them. Privet, dobre utra. Je le blue zuza. And um, that's it for right now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Uh, buenos dias. Para la gente en Cuba o la gente en Colombia o en, en Venezuela, listening, escuchándonos a nosotros. Para uh, uh, Belarus, I never been to uh, that country. Borders with Ukraine, like uh, uh, Russia. Uh, I've been as far as two hours away from uh, Russia, but we we didn't have the paperwork and all that to go into Russia at the time. Mm-hmm. But I have. I've been in the Ukraine back and forth for the last 20 years. And uh, it was amazing the first time when I arrived in the city of Kiev. It was like in the movie, uh, some of those old movies uh, uh, that you've seen. Oh, Dr. Uh, Zhivago? <laughs> Dr. Zhivago. Okay. That brought me to Everything was covered with snow. I mean, it was mm-hmm. so beautiful, everything. It was like, oh, my God, I have never seen so much snow in my life. It was so beautiful. And the other thing that impressed me so much was once we got to right in the middle of the city of Kia, the apartment complex. Oh, my Lord, I have never seen anything like it. It's like an end hill. There's buildings and buildings and buildings and buildings of apartments. Because, government housing. Uh, yes, because yeah. the Ukraine has 
stole a lot of the farmland, a lot of the people from the farm and brought them to the city so they can control all of them in one place. So it was Well, they want to do that here. I've never seen anything like they tried huh? to do that here in the 90s. In the 90s, there was something called Sparkle, exactly. uh, which was the yeah. same plan. They called it urban infill, and they wanted housing projects, and you'd live where you worked, where you yeah. shopped. There'd be like these self-enclosed communities. Nobody bought into it. That's why they came up with climate change. So, Brianna, because yeah. uh, you're still here, look up, look up Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> we'll give you a little historical context here. Uh, so great beautiful. film. but. Uh, yeah, but look up the 90s, the, the EPA report on smart growth, and it's exactly the same as the things today. It's always the same solutions. No single-family homes, no single-driver no single driver cars, um, no roads. Everybody's on bicycles. Everybody lives in a, in a you know, government-planned community, and, of course, it doesn't work. And you're, you saw that firsthand in Ukraine. Yeah. I remember learning about and this in, like, colonial era where they had um, – everybody was, like, moving, like, especially with immigration, a lot of immigrants that were – um, coming over to America, they were like a big population of this, but they were all coming to the big cities to work in the factories and stuff. And that's about like the time, like um, right before the, all the um, information came out about like, you know, the uh, disease and like how horrible conditions it was and stuff that everybody was moving so close to the factories where they worked and everything was building up and it, it was um, poor, nasty, um, Bad conditions mm-hmm. all around. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, Greg, um, that's what they, right, that's what they yep. do in the Ukraine. That's mm-hmm. what they do in the Ukraine. Uh, many people from the different villages, uh, Nijian, where I stay, it's like mm-hmm. a three hour, three and a half hours to Kiev, the city. So a lot of people take those, uh, uh, it's like an industrial train, they're nasty. Uh, they go into a lot of those trains for two, three hours to get a job in the city to make a little more money than than their small towns. So people get up at three, four in the morning to get on those trains, and by the time they come home, they're like dead, back and forth. Yeah, because you know? got six hours on top of your probably ten hour day, which yeah. is sixteen hour day. Yeah, only leaves eight hours for everything else you have to do. But to Brianna's point, mm-hmm. we got Pianca on the line too. Brianna's point that a lot of a lot of our towns grew up around a particular industry: Pittsburgh, uh, steel, uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. the, the slaughterhouses, uh, mining towns out in uh, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, the Bismarck, North Dakota. I think it was a mining town. Uh, you know, different places grew up uh, for whatever the particular industry was. You know, I'm sure there were southern, mm-hmm. you know, cotton cities that, 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 or agricultural areas. Um, so, the, you know, Napa and the wine area, the whole wine industry developed around there. So entire cities were built around particular industries, like the, the, the factory that, you know, everybody worked at or the mine that everybody worked at. So that's actually a fairly common tradition throughout the country. Now it's much more diversified as jobs don't have to be located in a certain place because we can work from home, work on our computers. But uh, that was, if you, Brianna, if you study labor history, uh, the locations of different industries and the people that grew up around them, it, it, you know, labor history is history. And it's a fascinating thing to look at if you get a chance. Hmm. Bianchi, yeah. good morning. Yes, definitely. Bianchi, morning. Hello there. <laughs> Josie, how you doing? Greg and I'm Brianna. I'm good. Thank you for all the videos you've been sending me. I've been watching them. Yes, thank yes. you. Thank you. But you know, you made you a good a nice point. Christmas? Did you have a good Christmas, Pardon Bianchi? Me? Did you have a nice Christmas? Yes. At, uh, I had my walnut pie with uh, whiskey in it. <laughs> Why two for one? 
Walnut pie with whiskey. You get the calories and you get the nap, you get the high too. So it was pretty good. Huh. But anyway, and, wow. <laughs> what, what Christmas tradition is that? You I made love a it. good. Great. Go ahead. Go ahead. You made a good point, and you too, Greg. And it goes to oh, show you the hypocrisy in the left. Now, when it came down to when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, Obama, and they refused to give some African countries aid because they wouldn't open up their society to same-sex marriage and abortion on demand. Okay. But you're giving Ukraine money, and Ukraine don't allow same-sex marriage. You don't see two men marrying in Ukraine. You don't see down low going on in Ukraine where you're married to a female, but you're having a relationship with a male at the same time which will get you lynched in Iran. So that's hypocrisy. When you require something out of one in order to get a carrot, but you don't require it out of others so that they can get the carrot, they are getting the carrot for little or nothing. And the reason why is because the carrot is a boomerang. You throw it in one direction, and it comes back around to you through the back door and disperses all over the place. We should call boomerang aid. I kind of like uh, that analogy. That makes a lot of sense. Jesse? Yeah. And and we're giving all this money to protect Ukraine. What about our border? What about our country? What about our U.S. citizens? They lost all their businesses. They have so many deaths in their families. Uh, there are so many people struggling right now. I, I see some of the nurses, uh, that I hear all kinds of stories. They're struggling uh, getting paid. Uh, a lot of them are being threatened. American citizens are being threatened still in the in the stinking colleges. If you didn't get the shot, uh, you cannot do clinicals. Now the thing is if you don't get the flu shot, you cannot do clinicals. And the flu shots are being spiked, according to Judy Mikovic, they told us. So our American people are being uh, harassed, are being murdered, are being discriminated by trannies. Uh, Our little kids are being mutilated without the parents' consent uh, to change them into what they want for them to be. So our American people are being abused, and this has to stop. This has to stop now, and we need to stand and People are not doing anything, you know. I talk to a lot of people that walk in my store and says, well, I guess I was talking to a young girl yesterday about the vaccine because she got double shots, and I was telling her that she needs to detox now if she wants to live. And it's sad to tell people that in their faces. And she goes, well, I guess they were trying to do population control. I said, so you want to be part of that population control? You know, people are stupid. They're not, they're not thinking. And that's what the phone are trying to do to us, for us not to think. Like I remember when I used to uh, uh, be 13, 14, and I remember phone numbers like way back when I was a young teenager. Nowadays, you have to look up a stupid number because they don't want for you to remember anything. So they want power and control of everything. Sad. This is sad what they're doing to the American people, and they're replacing it with all these illegals coming in. 
they're taking over. Yeah, it's another thing too. Uh, you got international refugees showing up at the border, and here's the point on that: if you got a country that you can put missiles in, like Belarus and other countries, why come these refugees not going to those America-friendly countries in order to express their will and desire to be a refugee there? How is it that they travel like from the Congo or Uganda, thousands of miles, going through many free and national countries to get to the U.S. border? If something's wrong with that, and if people can't see that, I don't know what to tell you. Well, let me let me jump in here for a second. I got a question for for Pianchi and uh, Josie, and then I got one for. Uh, and then I, then I got a question for for Brianna on on the the whole uh, the the idea that, that these sex change operations might be actually a, another form of population control. My question for for Pianchi and Josie, um, Pianchi for for friends and family in Africa, and Josie for friends and family that are in Central and South America. What is our government telling those people? Are they saying, "Come on in, the doors are open, we'll give you all the welfare"? Because I don't think we know the messages that our own you know, insurrectionist illegal government is actually telling these people in these different countries because it doesn't make sense that they'd all suddenly flood the border unless they thought they had a really good reason. So what are they actually telling those people that the American government is not telling us that they're telling those people? Josie? This coping is going on through. Go ahead, Josie. Okay. So what they're telling a lot of, because I talk to Latinos all the time, uh, Mm -hmm. I actually I was talking to one that came to my house. Her friend brought her, and I didn't know she really was going to bring a friend to my uh, hmm. to my dinner at Christmas. Guess dinner. who's coming to dinner? Anyway, surprise! Uh, yeah, I know. I, was, I had an illegal yeah. in my dinner table. I was like, oh, oh gosh. Geez, really? But wow. anyway, yes, I did, and she was telling us a lot. Uh, so what they're telling them is that they can have a better life here, and uh, and they can come right in that they're not going to be stopped at the border. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot a lot of these people are coming for the freebie because I heard that a lot of illegal families are getting like $4,000 a month. Is that, in, is that in the message? I mean, is that in like a Spanish message, you know, or even Portuguese for Brazil? Is is there a specific message well, that they're have? sending out? I mean, that message news report? is going out through NGOs. Okay. That message is going out through NGOs. Then you have immigration lawyers that's coaching these immigrants, these refugees, and telling them what to say. Like when they show up at the border with a child, well, you don't know if that child is related to that adult. What you going to do, ask them? Yeah, they're going to say yes. You have no way to know that. And the countries where they coming from, they don't keep records of that nature. You cannot take a fingerprint in those countries and match it with a name. You cannot take a blood sample from a child and match it with that person that's standing there alongside of them. They don't have those type of records. They don't even have computerized or digital records in some of these countries. They got the old ancient type paper pile here, paper pile there. But they still so have the records. Big scam was going to be. These, people these NGOs and these church groups, Catholic yeah. charities, Lutheran yeah. charities. It yeah. has to be about, uh, you have to be using the instances of God and angels to be able to take somebody off the equatorial zone in Africa and put them up in Duluth, Minnesota. My God, any fool <laughs> would have no sense to know you're in the wrong place. 
<laughs> well, let me ask Brianna this because she's in Oklahoma. Um, what's going on? Do you have you what kind of illegal alien problem? Have you noticed it? Have you seen anything? You know, are folks talking about it? Is, has the, the, your city budget increased? What do you know about this so far? Have you seen the effects? Um, the city that I live in particularly, um, I haven't seen much of a problem. Um, but I haven't really traveled to any other cities around. Okay, and you don't have to give your location. But I don't fine. think our budget has um, increased. Before. Okay. Well, it may, but we, like something in, that in like made me go ahead. With, with this go ahead. conversation, it actually made me think of um, two different things. The first one was um, whenever um, I think it was Josie was talking about like four thousand dollars for a family, mm-hmm. um, and. It actually reminds of uh, a lot of people are finding out that welfare. Some people are getting um, way over like the minimum wage for their um, incomes from welfare in those states. And um, the second part of that was in the omnibus omnibus bill, um, mm-hmm. the highly hated bill, the secret bill. There's a lot of names for that bill. But um, one of the things in it was border security for a bunch of other countries, other countries across the world, yeah. but not our own. Josie? You, you can see the level of hate against American by this criminal, fraud, communist party that we have. That, that we, our sweat is paying for their paycheck, and they hate us so much. They're willing to pay for other countries' border, but not for us to protect us. They want to destroy the United States in a bad way, the civilian population. That's what they're after in any way they can, through abortion, through the vaccines, through flu shots. Uh, For the last 40 years, they've been injecting all of us as little kids with vaccines, and the vaccines are contaminated to give you autism, uh, uh, bipolar, uh, schizophrenia, cancer. I mean, all this different Parkinson's. And Dr. Judy woke us up. I didn't have a clue about it. And that's what they're doing right now. They're spiking the little vaccines for the little kids uh, to get their little routine vaccines. We're not even talking about COVID shots. And they hate us with a passion. And it is very sad, and we need to get all of them out and arrest them all and get to the bottom of it. But Twitter is going to expose the whole thing. I didn't know that was going to happen like that. But, hey, I wanted to say quickly, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Governor uh, Abbott from Texas, he sent them buses full of illegals to Washington, D.C. again. Uh, There were... uh, yeah, they were going in buses. Uh, they were showing a video last night, uh, and they're going straight to Washington, D.C., and I can hardly wait to see what happens there. <laughs> well, they should be busing them in by, by the hundreds of thousands. You know, they should, I mean, yeah. every city, every state should be busing in illegals to Washington, D.C., and just dump them there. My thought was even simpler, is that all the illegals should go to the federal office building, because most cities have a federal office building. I'm sure Miami had one. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have one here in Pensacola, yeah. um, but uh, I mean, I'll bet you Atlanta does. I'll bet you, uh, you know, some of the other, the big Nashville probably does. New Orleans, I'm sure, has a federal office building. Any decent-sized city, especially a state capital, is going to have a federal office building. Well, just dump your illegals in the lobby. 
So here, this is your problem. It's not our problem. This shouldn't be put. And they're doing yeah. hotels well, you and know shelters and all this other stuff. Yeah, go ahead, Pianki. These illegal should go start knocking on the doors of D.C. residences and ask them, can they come and sleep in their bedroom and on their living room? Can they they should be going into yep. the bank lobby. They yep. should be going into the bank lobby and taking up space and living on the floor in the bank lobby. That's what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we can encourage that. by yeah. actually, Don't put it in the shelter. The go ahead, Bianca. Bust them back to their own country. Yes, yeah, our government's – okay, so this this is a good point. So how – do we have to do that, or do we make their life so miserable that they leave anyway? And how would you I'll do that? I'll tell you how you can do that, too. Okay, the amount on, of money on. that you've been giving right, these countries in right. aid, you keep track of who's who. They will tell you. You ask me, you're from Argentina. Well, you can see that a person is not from the Congo, and then they're saying from the, they're from the Congo, and they're saying they're from Argentina. You can tell that right out. But any aid that you offer those countries, you should deduct the amount that you are expending in order to handle their illegal citizens who have taken up yeah. stake here in the United States. I've actually, I've actually had that same exact thought, so I, I absolutely agree with you, Pianchi. Brianna, did you, you said you had a solution? Or, so how do we get these people back? I like Pianchi's idea. I think any back. means that works. Okay. Like... If they're, like, sending buses, you know, across multiple states, you know, send them in a bus back over the border. But then, of course, they'll just come right back over with these open things. So that's what um, they do. Honestly, just any means possible, you know, just keep on fighting to any means possible to get them back over with any kind of transportation, with any kind of foot to the ground. Or your idea of making their lives just so completely miserable. Yeah, just take away all the stuff. Let them last that forfeiture. Let them, let, them, let them send themselves back. But here's a question for all of you. Knowing the Brandon insurrection, the fact that we have an illegal government presently occupying uh, the White House, uh, the Congress, and all the regulatory agencies, do you think that if the governors, like Governor Abbott, if he, picked up a, if he packed up a bunch of buses with illegals, do you think they'd actually let them cross the border into Mexico? Or do you think they'd hold those people here while keeping the border open for Mexico into the United States? In other words, a reverse border like a Berlin Wall. What do you think? Ooh, that stumped the panel. Do you <laughs> well, think... Well, I know who's going to go first. Well, you... Okay, well, let's, let's go. Let's go, Josie, Brianne, and, and Pianchi. Josie, do you think they'd reverse the border to keep people in? Well, my husband's idea, always telling me, he goes, let's just open the whole thing and we can own Mexico so they don't have to travel this far. They can stay right there. <laughs> I said, okay, whatever. But It's funny you should say <laughs> that. I have idea. Uh, That's my husband's idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have something from the English party that wants to make all the English-speaking world one country. I'll get into that another day, too. That's, that's kind of a fascinating prospect. I do not want to – that was Hillary's idea, to have a North American region, like a North American union of Canada, Mexico, mm-hmm. and the United States. No, 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 no. Thank you very much. Brianna. Do you think that uh, our federal insurrection uh, would be uh, in it, would reverse the border? In other words, the border would be to keep people in, keep the illegals here in, and give some excuse like, you know, we can't have them be uh, victims of a humanitarian crisis or something like that. I've never seen it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just speculating. I'm just thinking that our government, if the, if the governor of Texas packed up, you know, 50 buses full of illegals and tried to send them into Mexico, they would be stopped at the border. Yeah. Brianna? Of course. They, yeah. They get stopped um, at the border. 
Honestly, I don't really know. I mean, oh, nobody knows. I haven't tried yet. Think so, yeah. All right, I'll get you, Pianki. I'm just curious. Uh, all right, go, go ahead, Pianki. What do you think? Do you think they'd be stopped? In no, I'll take them to the bank of the river and let them out. Let them cross back over to Rio Grande. <laughs> Mexico can't stop that. That's how they got in here. Yeah. Take them back to the uh, to the bank of the river. And you know another See, thing, too. Okay. It, a okay. lot of this responsibility falls on the citizens of these states. Texas, then you got El Paso. Where is the okay. citizens that should be protecting their border? We leave up too exactly. much responsibility with the federal government, which is never going to do right. So the citizens well, of these states, of these cities, should be manning their borders and stopping those illegals from coming in. See, but people don't understand that there are two borders at our border. There's a state border and a federal border. There's the, the, the border of the United States, and there's the border of the state that is at the same place. And the governors, I would fault the governors. You know, the governors all have national guards. They could call them out. Now, granted, Brandon could federalize them and change that around. Well, then you call out the militia. And you see, and, but it's, people don't know this. They don't realize that they have this power. People can't exercise a the power they don't know they yeah. have. And so that's a lot of what we do here at Action Radio. Now, there was a time when I was in California when people were California militia members were down on the border. I think it was a drug problem. They're down the border of Mexico, and they were patrolling, looking for illegals. It was a previous invasion. Uh, I think it might have been the Obama uh, administration. And also, don't forget, Americans also went to the Bundy, uh, aid the the Bundys with the Bureau of Land Management. A whole lot of people showed up with guns so that the Bundys weren't thrown in jail for the rest of their lives, you know, so that the Bureau of Land Management could steal their land. That's Roger Roots helped defend the Bundys. Uh, He was on our show. So this becomes a question of people have to know that they have that power. And that's where I think exactly. the problem is. Bring, thank you, Josie. Brianna, yeah, did ma- you... Did, the militia, right, go ahead, Josie. The militia, we all have Second Amendment. We all have... Uh, we mm-hmm. have so much wealth. <laughs> that's why they're trying to take our weapons every time. Oh, there's a murder that they well-organized. FBI, CIA, our government well-organized mm. all these shootings in all the schools and El Paso, Texas, uh, at the gay bar and all that. This is all well-organized, Las Vegas. All of it is well organized by our own government, okay? Because they want to take our weapons away. Oh, oh uh, three kids were dead or 17 kids were shot and all that. Look at how many kids they're shooting with the vaccine. They don't care if they die or not because that's their agenda, okay? So the agenda is to disarm the American people, period. And we as militia, we need to be at the border with our weapons. All of us. Hey, if I had the money, I'd be there. <laughs> I, I, I'd love to broadcast from the border and then stand guard at night, you know. But uh, it takes a lot of people because the people, because if I do that, who's going to go after me? The border patrol. The, the border. What's that? Well, I don't want to shoot the illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. I just want to keep them out. <laughs> so, you know, no, you I say my answer. Them out, but hey, if they, you if they shoot at you, what you going to do? I'm going to shoot back then. Shoot back. Yeah. Well, but if you have enough. you or them. Yeah. But if we had enough militia people on the border. Uh, I think that would make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, Brianna, before you go, and, and just say, um, we've got plenty of time. We have the next hour is free if you can hang up for a bit. Uh, I want to make sure we get all your no, report. I but can't. Brianna, I have talk to go about to work. Okay, so we'll be real quick then. So let me get to well, Brianna. Before you go, something... Josie. Well, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. No, Brianna I don't have to something... go right now, but in a little bit. Okay, okay mm-hmm. so Brianna brought up something really interesting in the earlier part of, of, of her hour uh, of this tunnel that runs between uh, uh, Mexico and the United States. And Brianna, can you just briefly, because I want to make sure Josie gets her report in, um, talk about this, this tunnel that you found. 
So it's 25 um, feet underground, and it stretches from Mexico to Arizona and to Colorado. And it's supposed to be, like, one of the most sophisticated tunnels in history. And it's got, like, electricity, ventilation, water, a railway system. Um, and there was a lot of information about it in 2020. Um, and it was used for, like, um, drug smuggling with um, – and they, actually, one of the imposts – was it the Arizona one? That was actually a KSC. I still think that's kind of crazy. Oh, it came up under a KFC, yeah. But, but, um, and supposedly Central America was, uh, is a hotspot for like a bunch of, um, people working together with like the cartels, Russia, China, and there was one other country, I just don't remember which one it is, and supposedly they were also using the tunnels. Now that part, um, I don't know if that's completely true or not, but um, that's just something else I heard. But I wouldn't put it past them. But um, well, it sounded too sophisticated for a typical cartel. These things are engineered: concrete floors, electricity, ventilation. This sounds like either a, a private contractor or a government contractor to actually build these things. And Josie, I was wondering if you'd heard anything about this. For years and years, I've known about a lot of tunnels. There's so many tunnels from Mexico to the United States. Some of them go to churches. Uh, some of them go to private home. Uh, they've been digging tunnels for a long time. They shut one down, they open another one quickly, and they work very fast. Uh, and we believe the uh, American uh, people are the one uh, helping them with huge machines. Uh, the last ones I heard, they were trying to dig a uh, grave size uh, in Mexico, trying to make tunnels. So all the drug is coming in through tunnels. But now since the border is open, I don't think they're building tunnels right at the moment because they don't need to. They're walking right in. So, But tunnels is, like, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think the government's involved like they're involved in, in you know, the Golden Triangle in Vietnam, bringing in uh, heroin and opium? Yes. Uh, and in Turkey with... And with Iraq and, and uh, Afghanistan, they were bringing in, you know, heroin and, you know, opium and stuff from, from there as well. So this is, a, you think this is a, a government-sponsored tunnel? This is what it sounds like to me, because it's too yes. sophisticated for your typical yes. cartel digging. It is. Okay. All right. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Pianchi, you had a comment, yeah. and then I want to get to the rest of Josie's report for the last uh, 15 minutes here. Well, you made mention that you would go, but you have no place to stay, basically. But that's not true. Stay in a community center. They let the humanitarian people that want to feed those poor individuals that's coming for a better life, should they not feed you also because you want to protect your borders, provide you that's with blankets, idea. water, and food? Maybe we should do a little border excursion. Go sleep it's on that bank idea. and once again, go into the bank lobby and sleep on the, in the bank lobby. <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? You are okay. depositing illegal money where yeah. they are depositing illegal money. Well, see, now that would be subject to civil asset forfeiture. This is why I think civil asset forfeiture, just the confiscation, you can do it by computer. You don't have to round people up. You don't have to uh, you know, have nasty optics. You just take their stuff online. I mean, the IRS, under the right authority, um, could seize, you know, and state IRSs could seize everything of all these illegals. You wouldn't have to you know, lift a finger, push a button. Let FEMA provide you with trailers to stay in <laughs> where you can sleep at night. Then go man well, the border during the daytime, the state borders. Is it uh-huh. not a humanitarian 
prices. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, let me work on that. Actually, I, I thought of, I met a couple of the Border Patrol people like Brandon Judd and Art Del Cuello, Bill Cuarto. I met at, uh, in Washington back in 2017 when I was invited to the fair conference. Unfortunately, I haven't been invited since, but I'm like a WBY. But uh, I've been trying to contact both of those uh, gentlemen for a while. Brandon Judd is the head of the uh, Border Patrol Union. And so uh, they probably don't remember me at this point, but you never know. But I I, I do – that's in my plan to do a border trip and broadcast from the border for, I don't know, a week, a couple weeks, a month. I don't know. It's it's definitely something in the plans. I think I want to get the show a little bigger (laughs) so we have a bigger audience. So have a bigger impact when we do go, but I have always planned to go to the border. Jesse, back to you. You got 15 minutes. So let's make sure we get everything Bianchi, you want to talk about. Uh, I know you brought up FEMA. FEMA is not from American people. FEMA are criminals. They're not good people at all. They're huge ships. They sit right outside uh, Venezuela. Uh, these people are radical criminals working against us. Eventually, all will be released, but FEMA are no good. Um, I heard. Well, then let I the uh, church is- groups provide that needed assets, needed uh, relief for Americans that wants to protect state borders. Let Catholic yeah. charity, Lutheran charity, provide food. If your shoes is wore yeah. out for walking back and forth on a border patrol, they should be able to provide you with shoes. Yeah, that's that's what we did in the past in the United States. The church helped the needy, not our government, you know. And uh, now everything is a handout from our tax dollars, and including uh, sex change and all that. That's not fair for the American uh, worker. And I agree with not you. the one sitting at home. If you have women, if you have women down on there, want to protect the border, want to bring the kids along. Let them provide the women with baby formula. They're providing women that march 1,200 miles to the American border with baby formula who aren't even United States citizens. Come on, we got to yeah. start thinking logical on this. We got to think yeah. critical on this. You know, that's a really Absolutely. interesting point. What if we flooded the border with Americans? <laughs> the border. I mean, we need that, to. You know, wouldn't that be fascinating? Uh, we, you know, we want some, uh, some free stuff, too, since we paid for it. That would be a huge Let's give the homeless. Let's go to Los Angeles, San Francisco. Let's gather up the homeless, provide shelters for them, and put them on border patrol detail. Yeah, that's, give them what, guns. that's what I tell <laughs> a lot of uh, some of the widows that they barely are making it in America right now. I said, look, go, go to Mexico, come back with no idea, and you'll get everything for free. They start laughing, you know. But it is true. That's what's happening. I also wanted to quickly uh, report about uh, Buffalo, New York. Mm, uh, please since, do, yeah. Since, since I was watching a report last night, there's so much looting. They're destroying businesses. Uh, they're destroying uh, stores, shopping center. Uh, the looters have the guns, but the people do not have guns to protect themselves. And uh, I watched a video. It was horrible how they're stealing everything. It is horrible, and nobody's doing anything. The police is not getting involved because well, they just had a shooting. Organized. They had a mall assassin who killed what? Yeah, five ten people. Not too long. Was it the summertime or maybe early fall? 
So that was in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, they just had that same situation. So the, the, mm-hmm. the assassins, the criminals, the looters, the illegal. I mean, how many of those people are illegal? Because we had illegal looters. We had illegal alien looters after Hurricane uh, Michael. Was it Michael? Oh, Ian. I get my hurricanes confused. But we just had a recent hurricane. That was one of the big problems. And DeSantis said, look, you come here as a looter, you know, you could get in shot Fort by the... In Fort Myers? The one over there in Fort Myers? Uh-huh. Yeah, but a lot of those looters were... They were stealing all the golds and the weapons from rich people. This is what FEMA does. They oh, come in huge ships to come and help. And they were talking about that they were taking their vests to send FEMA so they don't get recognized uh, because they got caught in small boats looting. And they were FEMA people, not really illegals. They were saying illegals. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Why run the Well, FEMA has so much money. Why would they? Uh, like, yeah, I question that because I don't know how, why FEMA, they would be looting. FEMA are, FEMA are part of the plan. Like when they have Katrina, I, t- I was – I was told and, and listened to a video that I watched. <clears throat> FEMA uh, gather a lot of a lot of bumps in the street and people that that didn't have nothing that underwater and lost everything. And FEMA act like if they're going to help them and bring them into the ship to help them. And they're not helping them. They're security. They have about in some of the ships they have 50 guillotine and they're practicing what they're going to do to us. You know what? When I talk about you crossing the line into something that I don't believe, now you're crossing a line That's into something okay. I don't believe. I don't believe there are guillotines on chips. I, I don't believe. I just heard that. You, and, 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 and okay, I'm, well then say then, yeah, then you know I don't mind you saying it, uh, and you can speculate and say here's what I've heard or something like that. But I don't want it presented. That's what that I just this said. Is, I heard. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, or I, didn't, not, I, I think I missed that yeah. part. So I think the, the word guillotine attracted yeah. my attention real fast. But I want to make sure that. That you know, and I don't so mind you saying it. are criminals. Why another criminal? But I want some. I want more. They, yeah. They come right. after every hurricane, and that's what they do. They steal all the goods from the rich people, and they've been doing it for a long time. There's yeah, I want to see. Here. I want to see more sources on that. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Now, what FEMA does do, the the Federal Emergency Management Agency. I know they have plans. I know they they coordinate all kinds of stuff. They get the billions of dollars. I know they seize guns in Katrina. I know they also seize guns in, in Boston after the, uh, the, the, the Boston uh, terrorist attack. They're corrupt um, like – Oh, yeah, they are. Right, but they're not, corrupt like the CIA, so, FBI, just like them. Yeah, but there's a line. Yeah, okay, there's a, You know, people talk about setting up gulags that we're all going to be arrested and, and be put in. That is possible, okay? But guillotines and ships, that – no. Now, now, we're into, now we're in kind of the, the, the crazy area. And the problem is – I think, you know, it's sort of we really need to, to say more about that. We think we're speculating here because I think that that sort of almost brings a discredit to us because I don't. I that think in a video seem... by one of the generals talking about okay. it. So right. <clears throat> one of well, the military, me... he was describing it all. Yeah. Let me bring Brandon back in real quickly because you've got tornadoes in, in, in Oklahoma. Have you any experience with FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency? Um. I honestly have no idea. Um, I know, like, in my specific area, we don't really have any tornado damage. Um, I know that more is a really hard-hit one, and sometimes, like, the Piedmont area. But um, so I really really don't know. Yeah. My experience, my biggest one with a a natural disaster uh, is the San Francisco earthquake. And I don't remember seeing FEMA at all out there. 
you know, it was mostly state and, and city resources that uh, that were rebuilding, especially the Marina District. So I don't remember FEMA. And that would have been, you know, if they're really, you know, going to come confiscate all the guns and things, that would have been the perfect place to do it because we had no power. We had no, uh, uh, the phones were down, you know, the gas lines were all cut. We were shut off for, for a good, you know, a couple of weeks as, as, as things were gradually restored. But that would have been a chance if FEMA was really doing what you're saying they're doing or what you've heard that they were doing. That would have been, the, you know, one of those great opportunities. And they didn't do it. So, of course, that was 89. Maybe it was an older time. Um, but uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm really speculative. Anyway, let's get to, did you have more stuff, Josie? I want to make sure we cover um, any other issues that are going on. No, I think that's about it for now. Okay. <clears throat> I'm yeah. going to continue listening. I have to get ready to go earn my living. But I am going to uh, Hobby Lobby, though. Oh, there you go. Good deals. Uh, after Christmas, uh, ornaments and stuff, 75% off. So it's a good yeah. deal. Pianchi? I got another point. Go for it. Just how, they, just how the left was harassing Clarence Thomas and Justice Kavanaugh, picketing, laying in their house, throwing trash on their lawn, <clears throat> fecal matter, and tinting their trees with toilet paper. Well, the the conservatives should do the same thing with that Arizona judge Thomas. Thompson, they should. That was fooled by the one liberal attorney. Let's do the same thing to his house. The same thing to the attorney's house. We got to stop yeah. sitting down and taking it. You know the line that I hate the most these days is when when somebody says, "Well, if this was done to the left, they would do X." You know, they would react this way. And I'm like, well, why the hell don't you do it? You can't talk about what the left would do, you know, and not do it yourself. Now, some things that they do, you shouldn't because it's just downright illegal. But, uh, you know, and why couldn't you say, well, wait a minute, you didn't prosecute these people when they toilet papered, you know, somebody else's house. And you, then you can't prosecute me either. You know, you already set the precedent. So it'd be interesting to use that as a legal challenge to say, it, you know, the, the, the good for the goose, good for the gander. You know, legal philosophy. This is where Jonathan, uh, we should get him on this, but he reported that Mark Elias was the attorney uh, that we're talking about here that was that basically ghost wrote for what they say. Again, don't know for sure, um, but ghost wrote the opinion of this Judge Thompson that uh, dismissed the Cary Lake uh, case. So everybody said, well, if this happened to the left, they'd scream. And I agree with Pianchi. Well, if, you know, if they would scream, then why aren't you screaming? Where, where, is it, where are the conservatives? Where are the patriots? Where are the people that would get out and protest and do something about this? The reason the left does it is because it works, and it puts the, the conservatives in a position where they don't feel they can because they're worried about what the left's going to do. Well, if you're worried about what the left is going to do, then you're not a patriot. You're not an advocate. You're not a conservative. You're a wimp. You're a weenie. You're useless and worthless. Now drop and give me 20. There we go. But the point so, is... Yes. Yeah, we should... We should Go be ahead, doing Jody. something. Jody. We should pay with the same coin to them, but see, the Republicans don't do nothing. They're a bunch of cowards. Gelding. Well, the Republicans party. are just as bad. You need yeah. to follow Thompson around, judge Thomas around, put a camera on his face as he walk mm-hmm. around the mall with a skiffly clad woman in front of him. Put the camera <laughs> on his face and see what the line of vision of his eyes is. Is it above the waist or below the waist? Then that's well, how you start denigrating them. Oh, this is interesting. A little sabotage, especially if he's married. Said, so, does your wife know you're looking at this woman? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not beyond tactics like that. I think it's, it's kind of interesting. Fair's fair. You know, they, they're the ones that declared war in America. 
You know, so I think uh, creative solutions. And then you ask him, who wrote your opinion? Come on, judge. It's just us. You know, it'd be really good on this project Veritas. This is a project Veritas mission. I should call them. They got to go uh, find out who wrote, uh, who wrote, was that, was that you laughing, Brianna? Do you know about project Veritas? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You laughed. <laughs> so I want to know why. I'm just curious. I'm, I, what's the, it's just the, funny. Okay. Because you're saying so. like it's a Project Veritas kind of mission. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josie Pianchi, what do you think? Project Veritas? Absolutely. It could be whatever. It, it, it could be called Projects. We're going to get you. However you need to determine. <laughs> I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> Absolutely. I really no, I was going to do a little job for Project Veritas, but I changed my mind uh, last year. So now I don't want to get involved for it right now. I don't have time. But, you know, it's uh, interesting. We need to. Before what? I started Action Radio, um, I contacted Project Veritas to possibly be one of their undercover reporters. And my conclusion and their conclusion was that I'm a little too obvious, a little too loud. I stand out too much. I would not be a good undercover reporter. And I agree with them. I said, you know what? I think you're right. Because I'm going to be starting a radio they show. They will and I'm discover have you, guys you on. quickly. <laughs> well, now I can't do it now. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, nobody's seen Brianna's face yet. Maybe she could, uh, you know, uh, you know, becomes of adult age, you know, go be an undercover reporter. Brianna, is this something you do before you're known on social media and uh, you know, like the rest of us? Um, I haven't actually thought of that. Um, I guess like anything's possible. But I just never thought about it. Okay. I don't know. Contact him when when we have him on the show. I'll let you know so you can you can figure it out. Pianki, do you think you'd be good undercover? You think you can like blend in in ways that I can't because <laughs> I'm too loud and obnoxious and sarcastic. There's plenty of people. There's women for hire that do that. Oh. Walk up to the judge, talk to him. Show, showing a lot of cleavage, and watch his eye. Is his eyes eye to eye contact? Is he looking down at your cleavage? Then show it to his wife. Get him. <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> the things we come up with on this show, way too much fun. Well, no, I, uh, go ahead. Before, before I was a Christian, uh, 1980, that's how I went to Nicaragua, U.S. Embassy. I dressed up too sexy. A young girl, uh-huh. and I was like kind of flooring with the U.S. consul, and he did give me the two visas for my sisters. And there oh, were about, that's I how you came to the United people. States. I know. I, oh. I, there must have been about 60 people in line since early in the morning. And uh, out of 60 people, there were only three visas given that day two for me and one for a nun. That was it. So the so, nun was out of guilt for giving yeah. the visas to you. So you you, you used your your natural gorgeousness to to get a visa. Well, I'm when shocked, I was younger, Josie. Kind of okay, I know. You're so I cute. Ask for forgiveness. You look fabulous. <laughs> I asked for forgiveness, <laughs> but I yeah, but you did it anyway. <laughs> my two sisters, because uh, my youngest was 15 and 17, and they were about to probably send them to Cuba or Russia, yeah. the yeah. the communist uh, Sandinista. 
And I was in so much fear for my two sisters to send be sent away, you know. No, I think you did the right so, thing. Uh, if it works, it works. Yeah, you that know? was so. Uh, yeah. Listen, if I could flirt with some, you know, female consulate person for for some huge benefit, I don't know. I yeah. actually <laughs> talked my way out of a ticket with a lady cop. That was kind of funny. That does work. It works both ways. Uh, big smile on my face, big eyes, you know. And so with that, me, I, I didn't do it. Ready. I'm going to continue <laughs> listening to you guys after okay. the show, Greg. And to all the listeners, don't forget to donate to Action Radio. We need your help. Even if it's $20 a month or $30 a month, uh, we need your help to continue uh, writing our laws and for you to uh, share with all your friends. There you go. Jesse, yeah, thank you for that. And you're absolutely right. So I, I've moved up our, our right to the top of the, uh, of the show notes, our contributors at Give, Send, Go. That's uh, www.givesendgo.com slash action radio. And so I should mention it more often. Jesse gets after me for this, but you're absolutely right. Don't, we don't need be to, shy. Yeah, promote. I'm working on it. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's American uh, people are generous people. Yeah, they are. But I, I should ask more. You're absolutely right. Okay, let's take a quick yeah. break here. Yeah, and uh, you want to get you want to plug your story. You want to do anything else? No, that said, uh, I'm at Ruth Uniform Shop uh, on uh, Olive Road, Pensacola, Florida. When I go to Ukraine, they say you live in Pepsi-Cola. I said no, Pensacola. <laughs> she said with the Spanish God accent, Pensacola. Be careful, Pensacola. be careful, Josie. Adios, amigo. God bless, and uh, I'll talk to you next year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we got New Year's coming up, so we have to do yes. our New Year's revolutions. Feliz Not resolutions. Año. Yeah. Feliz Navidad, yeah. Uh, prospero año e felicidad. Y felicidad. Yep. Jose Feliciano taught me that. All right. <laughs> Ciao. Feliz Navidad. Bye, la, 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 la. Bye Brianna. Feliz, feliz Año Nuevo. Happy New Year. Feliz Año, año Nuevo. Happy New Year. I'm learning new Spanish. Sí. This is feliz great. Feliz Año Nuevo. Right. Happy New Year. All right, ciao. All right. Ciao. How many languages did we cover then? <laughs> about six. This is great. All right, tell you what, I'm going to take a little break here. It's about three minutes. And when I want to come back, um, hopefully, Brianna, if you can stick around and, and Pianchi stick around, um, there's a big problem here that is being talked about a little bit. I want to talk about it a lot. I'm probably going to take two days to do this. And this is our power substations, the fact that uh, we've had terrorist attacks or attacks on our electric power grid you know, for years. And Peter Pry was the first one to, uh, to alert me to this. And it's a, it is a problem that is a whole lot more serious than I think these folks are actually registering. Uh, and so that's why I want to talk about that. So both of you, hopefully you can stick around and we shall be right back in about a couple of minutes here. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. My Pillow Pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at mypillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well 
so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. All right, looks like Josie had to leave us, but we still have Pianchi and Brianna. And I want to talk about something that I've talked a little bit about before, but this is going to be a lot more intensive. I've got about 12 articles, which I'll probably get to about six over the course of the next uh, a couple of days here. I want to start with Pianchi, because uh, you remember Dr. Peter Pratt. I actually uh, oh, you gotta go have too? to leave now, but I just didn't okay. want to like jump off in the middle of everything. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Okay, so, so closing thoughts, feel free, and then we'll, we'll see you next week. Any closing um, thoughts? So happy new year, um, and we can talk more about the Supreme Court case next week. Sounds good. Remind me, so I'll look it up. It. Yeah, check out the, uh, right. the Cornell uh, Cornell uh, Legal Institute or Legal Information Institute. Uh, that's one of your best legal sources. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brianna. Keep your right. eyes open and your ears pierced. Keep your ears keep your ears curt so that you can you know, you can pick up on things. That's the way you do it. You know you you start paying attention to what people are saying and start watching. And sooner or later all these pieces will come together. It's a pattern out there. It's, no, it's just the way you make the very tender stage it's just I... keep on the track that you're going. Yeah. All right. Okay, thanks, Brianna. I'm sorry, I was interrupting. Bye, Bianchi. Bye, Greg. Bye, Brianna. You take care. Happy New Year. Too much fun. Yeah, I, th- I always thought it was eyes peeled and ears pierced. <laughs> You're mixing your metaphors, Bianchi. That's kind of cool. But I know what you meant. Yeah, just show. like, this you is... know, uh, Laurie has a friend. You know, Laurie. 
that uh, lived oh, yeah, in, exactly. uh, in Montgomery, in Alaska. <clears throat> uh-huh. And I love talking to her. I love listening to her describe her experiences and the environment that she's in. But she makes mm-hmm. mention, too, that when she goes out into the environment, she has a dog that she takes with her as a pet. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because the dog adds an extra layer of security because of its senses of smell, yep. sight, and hearing. Oh, no, I agree. I mean, dogs are wonderful for that purpose. In fact, uh, you know, when I get uh, the Action Radio compound, <laughs> you know, when I get when I get my place, that'll be, uh, you know, part recording, you know, part guitar studio, part uh, uh, Action Radio studio. That, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a few dogs around the place, big ones, fast ones. You know, nice yeah, little, uh, and the whole system. thing in that is that uh, they have sharp ears, they have sharp vision, and mm-hmm. they have excellent smell. So uh, we have to also, and I say people have to also, conservatives have to also acquire some of those qualities and use them to the best extent based on what they physically have to pay attention and listen. No, I agree. It's just that you say to keep your eyes you know, something I've forgotten, and then your ears pierced. I was thinking, what, she's going to have her wear earrings? <laughs> that was just, just the way you said it cracked me up. Well, I keep I your ears pretty... sharp. Like, I, I know what you meant, though. It's just the way you said it, though. It was great. That's what I was chuckling at, so I, I shouldn't have interrupted uh, that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I love when Brianna's on. You know, it's like you and Josie, uh, fortunately, can be on, you know, several days, but uh, she gets, you know, one day. And even then, sometimes, you know, it's, it's shorter than our hour. So, uh, you know, I'm always happy for any time that we have her on the show. Let me get another topic here. And this is something, uh, this, this first story is from the 13th of March, 2014, by Catherine Tweed, T-W-E-E-D. And it is in the I-E-E-E, that's three E's, Spectrum. I'm not sure what this website is, but uh, it says, attack on nine substations could take down U.S. grid. This is in 2014. And I couldn't find anything that counters this now. In other words, the government's taken no major action to protect our power grid. And nine substations. So, so the way I understand power, the way the power grid works, you've got the power generating facilities. Those generating facilities create an amazing amount of electricity. So what they have to do is stair step that down in order to get into your house. Bianca, you probably know more about this than, than I do. But, uh, but um, Dr. Price talked about this, and he explained transformers, that they're actually they're like gears. They're kind of gearing down the power. So the massive amount of amperage that comes out of an electric power plant through the transmission lines to the various substations or the stations and then the substations, and then to the transformers, you know, that are on every block, as someone explained on the news, and then to your house or office, uh, there's a whole web, there's a whole interconnected network. Well, if you knock out the substations, apparently nine substations are, are critical enough that if, if those are attacked, and they're not guarded, they're not in huge, you know, concrete bunkers, they're not protected, uh, but if, those, if you take out nine strategically located substations on a hot day, the power grid collapses. And when the power grid collapses, nobody has power. Well, we've never experienced that in this country. Um, well, I've got different articles I'll take up tomorrow on how it can cause it, but yeah. Do you remember Dr. Fry when you talked about this, Pianchi? And what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I heard what Dr. Fry used to say. I don't agree totally with him because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Electro, electrical power generating stations or companies are independently owned. There's no federal one covers all everything electrical mm-hmm. power generating station. And if you ever notice when you have a power outage, you have homes, all the lights are off, but the businesses and traffic lights are still working. 
and that's because they have them so arranged and designed where there's no such thing that when one go off, everything goes off. And I think that that is a plus, and that's a safety factor that's built in. So, you know, you got in some states, in some cities, you may have one or two different power generating stations. So it's just not as easy as people like to make it sometimes. Well, I don't think that's the issue so much in this, uh, but that's a good point, um, is that even though they're independently owned, they're still connected through a grid. And there are ways to transfer power, like especially out west. You know, in California, they have these brownouts. They borrow power from Arizona and New Mexico and uh, I think Oregon. You know, so California is such a big drain on power because idiots there have never built, they haven't built any new power plants. When I got there in the 80s, so the mid-80s, I get to California. And they had so many power plants, so many reservoirs, so many freeways. When I left California in 2017, they still had about the same amount of highways, power plants, and reservoirs. They, but the population had doubled in that time. Well, you can't double the population and keep well, the same amount of infrastructure and expect, to, uh, expect things to go well. They never built power plants. never built reservoirs. You ever, heard of a, freeways. Uh, you ever heard of a portable saw? Yeah. It runs off of batteries. Mm-hmm. Well, if people want to do some damage, just take a portable saw, walk up to one of those high transmission towers, and cut partially through the legs. They still and just walk away. Well, when the wind starts picking up, it's going to put a strain on that point, and the damn tower is going to fall over. And down comes the lines. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they have TV cameras. on. it's an interesting idea. The moment are pretty solid steel. I don't know how well, they can have work. TV cameras. These things weren't for miles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. They run on right away. And another yeah. point, uh-huh. when you have an overload that trips manually and a worker can go out with a long pole, get up in a insulated man lift and reset it. It happens all the time. Hmm. So no, if the electronics go out at the substation, people can go out in trucks immediately tell where the problem is. I mean, you can use drones to do that. They go out and reset it. It's the uh, contacts back over. Unless the lines so are So that's not as easy as it's made to, yeah. made to sound. Huh. Well, let's talk about this. If you really going to sabotage yeah. something, Obama, uh, uh, Obama, uh, Laverty, Missouri, Obama, a Portage de Sioux, Obama, Callaway, Obama rush out in Missouri, and that would cause more power than more problems than what I hear people talking about. Well, let me go through some articles and let's see what you think because I got some some interesting information here, and I've got enough sources that hopefully we can kind of uh, you know figure this all out. So this is the article: attack on nine substations could take down U.S. grid. Let's see what they say. This is there are more than fifty-five thousand transmission substations in the United States, but in a less than 10 could plunge the entire nation into darkness, according to a study by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, known as FERC, uh, that was obtained by the Wall Street Journal. It was probably leaked, but you know, by FERC. That's the government. The Wall Street Journal, those big payers, they don't obtain things. They're, they're leaked. I wish they'd say so. This is according to people familiar with the report. The Wall Street Journal reported that just nine substations could take down the transmission grid for the entire country. Currently, there are no regulations that require protection for key substations, but that could change. Earlier this month, FERC directed the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, NERC, <laughs> we got FERC and NERC, this is getting crazy, to develop reliability standards for grid operators to address physical security threats. 
Today's order, here's a quote, today's order enhances the grid's resilience by requiring physical security for the facilities most critical to the reliable operation of the bulk power system. And that's from FERC Acting Chairman Cheryl Lafleur, who said in a statement, it will complement the ongoing efforts of FERC and facility owners and operators to ensure the physical security of the grid. Another meaningless government statement. That's my part. The article says the order has three steps. Owners and operators must perform a risk assessment to identify facilities that are critical. Once those facilities are identified, owners must evaluate potential threats to those sites, and then they must develop and implement a security plan. Yeah, sounds rather vague. The focus is protecting the transmission substations from a physical attack, which could be just as a cyber attack. This is it. A lot of these articles go into the difference between a physical attack, in other words, they shoot the place up, uh, or a cyber attack, a computer hack. It's his last day. Remember that thing that happened, uh, the, the oil pipeline. Remember when the oil pipeline was shut down by a hack? The oil pipeline that went from uh, Texas to New yeah, Jersey? Yeah, that's, uh, that's because the valves are controlled by those type of systems. But what, as far as these subs, I can, I, I'm visualizing right now these three different substations there okay. in the area where I grew up in. And they're not protected. If somebody wants to shoot them, so what? The lights in that neighborhood will go out, but the rest of the lights are going to continue to be on. It's just not that easy. I think that a lot of these uh, people, a lot of these concerns write up these stories mm-hmm. to instigate some kind of fear. And then they say, well, what do we find out? Where can we get this security from? Oh, by the way, we do offer that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there could be a lot of ratings. I mean, the stories for ratings, it's, it's very possible. That's why I take several sources and, and we, we reason through it. And we, we, we put all these through our, our logic and reason filter and see if it makes sense. It says the focus on is on protecting. You the know, you did you do cross country? Cross country what, flying? You yeah. had to do cross country. You had to do cross country, and one of your checkpoints were transmission lines. You look uh-huh. for transmission lines to tell where the heck you were, and those transmission lines run miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And along those miles and miles and miles and miles and miles, you have population centers that have. Those transmission lines are probably carrying 110,000 volts. Then you got off of that to feed a community, you got step-down transformers that would turn in 110 down to about 50, then down 33, then to 6,000. Then from 6,000, it goes into houses along a block. And you got hundreds of those. So mm-hmm. what this article is writing is just not physically possible for that to happen. Okay. There's too many... Uh, variables in that. Well, I think what we're going to find, uh, I haven't read them, all these articles all the way through. There's too many, and I, I don't. I like to write, read them on the air so I can react spontaneously. I think what they're they're going to get at is that there are certain critical junction points in the system that a lot of power runs through a particular point, and that point would be a, a crossover at a grid. You know, the 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 northeast grid. You know, with the Midwest grid. And so that's probably the game. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out as we go through this because this is this is rather. A power station have maybe. Uh-huh. I know that they have more than one. A power station. When you drive by a power station, you see these stacks going up into the sky. You may right. see four stacks. You may see six stacks. That's six generators that's running inside mm-hmm. that power station. And each one of those generators is coming off of that power station and lines are headed off in all different directions. So if one gener- do you know they shut down a generator in order to perform a maintenance to it? Well, mm-hmm. people ain't bitching and crying because they don't have, can't watch TV. It just makes switch over to make arrangements. 
So those articles, and you know what's the funny thing? They used to talk the same thing about our water. You know what cured that? Bottled water. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, technology does have a way around things. I remember uh, the big debate in London in the 1800s was whether they were going to be under six feet of horse poop. Well, then the automobile came along and solved that problem. Technology has a way of doing that. You know, so I'd be very interested to see yeah. uh, how this works. I think we put, I, I think we're putting too much emphasis on electricity. I think electricity is is great for home and you know residential and for commercial use, but to run our cars on it, I think is stupid. But because uh, you're you're buying your power twice, I made that point the other day, that uh, the power company has to buy the same fuel that you know basically you're buying for your car, petroleum. Then they have to make electricity out of it, and they sell it to you again. But part of the cost of your electricity is the cost of the petroleum organic fuel that they're using in the power plant, whether it's oil, coal, natural gas. So what's the point of paying for your power twice? This is why I think electric cars are stupid, and they're not taking that into account. You know, <laughs> you know what the lifespan of a normal power plant is? So for instance, years, coal generated that produces guess, steam, the turn turbines. The lifespan is about 40 years. Yeah, about 40 years. And then you got to go in and do some major revamping, taking out, putting in new, and so on, so on, so on. It's just about 40 years because it just okay. naturally, under normal operation, would mm-hmm. just beat itself to death. Yeah. Let me get let me get a little bit more of this article, and then we'll, we'll sort of take it as it goes. But uh, what they're talking about here, I'm gonna see, oh, here's the sniper part. It says the focus, uh, it says the, the order has three steps, owners and – okay, I already read that. The focus is protecting the transmission substations from a physical attack, which could be just as damaging as a cyber attack. Last April – and I remember this attack when it happened. I was very curious about it. Last April, and this is in 2014, so I was still in California, snipers targeted a Pacific Gas and Electric, that would be PG&E, substation in California, which actually was San Jose not too far from where I was, which did not cause an outage, but did raise questions about the vulnerabilities of the grid. So what I'm curious about is not only what you're saying, the fact that is it possible to take out our power grid, our power grid with, with knocking out nine stations, but why were there no arrests? Why isn't this being investigated as a terrorist attack? Why are folks not looking into the coordination of these possibly? They're, they're sort of like testing. They're sort of like testing the waters, see how much people object, see how much power they can knock out by knocking out a substation, you know, in preparation for a major terrorist attack on, our, on all our substations, you know, whether it's 9 or 18, 24, you know, 68, whatever it is. Um, it seems to me these people are practicing. And that part of this is not really being looked at. What do you think, Pianchi? Well, it's just like a farmer will come out one morning and he look out in the field and there's two or three cows laying down dead. Well, somebody in the night drove by and shot them. There's no way in the world that you're going to keep up with that. No way. Those cows were roam over acres of land to eat. There's no way in the world you're going to be able to keep a camera on each and every one of them. If that was the case, hamburgers would go up to about $1,500 a piece. <laughs> But what about our substations? <clears throat> Can they build fences? Can they make uh, better containment for it? They already uh, have they, fences. They have fences around substations. Yes, they do. Are they, are they far enough away? I've seen them too, so I know what you're talking about. Should those fences be twice as far? Should they be higher? Should they be different? You know, should there be a, no, a shield, it's, it's, a deflecting shield for, for you know, people, you know, rifle fire? Anyone that's thinking about taking out substations to conquer America Believe me, you don't have to worry about them. Let's go to the next bunch. Okay, I'm I'm not, I'm curious though. I'm, I'm curious about and, why. And I'm not just saying you. I'm saying that anybody that I hear, 
I hear people uh-huh. talk about this, and they say it because they don't understand how it works. Like I said before, it's not that easy. Okay. Well, let me continue with the article. It says there are probably less than 100 critical high-voltage substations on our grid in this country that need to be protected from a physical attack. And that's former FERC chairman John Wellinghoff told the Wall Street Journal in an email. He says it is neither a monumental task, nor is it an inordinate sum of money <clears throat> that would be required to do so. Uh, Dr. Prime made the same. Excuse me a second. I have to mute myself here. I'll be right back. Dr. Prime made the same point, that protecting these is not that, that uh, expensive. So to me, it just seems prudent to take you know, the, the not-so-expensive steps to protect our, our power grid you know, from any kind of attack. You know, whether, whether it takes nine stations or 100 stations to knock out our power grid, why wouldn't you take the, the – considering how much – we just dropped $110 billion, uh, in, in Ukraine. I think Dr. Price said for $20 billion, he could protect the most vulnerable stations. So we could have protected our most vulnerable stations five times over with the money we dropped to Ukraine. So it's a priorities problem. It's not a money problem. It's a priorities problem. Is that those stations are not owned by the federal government. That's a private company, and many of them are publicly traded. Uh, Amaret in in St. Louis area is publicly traded. You can buy their stock. That's up to that company's responsibility. That's not the uh, federal government. Except that power is it's a public utility. It's a government-regulated utility, so it's not really private. It's state-regulated. It's not federally regulated. Well, then the state could change the regulation. But what I'm saying is the government could require you know, a higher level of regulation, just like the government requires standards for an airplane, government requires standards for a building. You know, that, that's, that's what government's supposed to do. You know, and so the question is, would it, be, would it make more sense to up the standards of protection on these power grids and have the companies find the best way to do it? It's not a bad idea. It wouldn't be that expensive. And if the federal government could well, subsidize by not spending money in other places. I don't, have it, pardon, or is, I don't have anything else to say about that. That's just a sto- another story, I think. Okay. And it's, uh, it's a bunch of hype. Okay. Well, I'm still curious. I'm going to explore it more because I think there's uh, – there's definitely more to it. Let's see if anybody else has an opinion. Give us a call, 215-383-3832. Um, let's see if anybody's on live chat. You can also check out a live chat. So live chat works anywhere in the world. We also have a Skype line, but you've got to call a day ahead of time so that I, I check the conversation and approve your account and call directly into the show from anywhere in the world. You can type directly into the show from anywhere in the world on our live chat. Uh, I don't have anybody uh, presently there. And so, or you just call us, 215-383-3832. I think this is worth exploring. So I'm going to, I want to, uh, do a little bit more about it. And I'll, I'll, Pianchi, tell me, you know, well, I'm, I'm curious exactly what you think, too. And disagreeing, hey, listen, that's, you know, I, I, well, I like you know, disagreeing. There, there Go ahead. In the St. Louis, in Illinois, right across the river, there's the uh, Venice Powerhouse. Uh-huh. Okay. And we used to fly over the Venice Powerhouse, especially over the stacks. You know what happens to a plane when it gets over to the sta- over the stack? Yeah, exactly what the happens. Smoke yeah, you got a, to, you got hot air thermal and it kicks you up about fifty to hundred feet or more. Well, yeah, and sometimes you just stand still down there. It's fun. Oh, I mean, it's like a carnival ride. Okay. Right. Yeah, so Venice, yeah, the Venice Power Station provides electrical power for Venice. Madison and maybe some of Edwardsville. Then you uh-huh. go back over on the St. Louis side. There's a private company downtown St. Louis that pri- provides power for much of the buildings in downtown St. Louis. 
Then you go up the river, going back south, you come to what's called Rush Hour Powerhouse. It provides uh, electrical power for southern Missouri down around Cape Girardeau, which was Rush Limbaugh's territory. So right. it, there's, no, there's no such thing as uh, a grid that you can blow up that would take out power in the entire United States. It just don't work that way. Well, you could take out, well, if not the United States, you could take out major sections because I remember when I was a kid in Toronto and I was part of the, the great New York blackout uh, that happened from Niagara Falls because we got a lot of our power from Niagara Falls in Toronto. And I remember there was a serious blackout. There was an ice storm, uh, and it knocked out from New York, Pennsylvania, through Ontario, Canada. I think some of Quebec was knocked out. It was a major, major blackout. Of course, a lot of kids were born nine months later, but that's another story. But uh, these things happen. California does rolling brownouts or blackouts because, you know, the, you know, the one too hot thing they don't have the power. That, the one thing that does more damage than anything else is ice storms. Well, that's just what I talked about. But that, that's what happened in Toronto. Much of that New is, York. Yeah, that was an ice storm. Yeah, much of that has been circumvented. But those high-tension lines that's carrying 100,000, 150,000 volts, you can't put them underlying, underground. Because how far down on the ground are you going to go? Hmm. That electromagnetic force still will affect pacemakers, hearing aids, and everything else. That's why companies are so far up in the air. You know, we yeah. had a cemetery there on St. Charles Rock Road where Lucas and Hunt run in. When we was kids, we used to take fluorescent lights and run through that cemetery because the high-tension uh, electrical lines would run across it. And they leave. Fluorescent bulbs would light up, and we had lightsabers back in the day, back in the 60s. We had lightsabers. <laughs> I've heard about that, but I've, I've never actually tried it, but it, it does work. You can't take a fluorescent bulb, and it will light up. We used to do that to tune a CB radio antenna, too. Okay. As you lower the mass up and down the holder, uh-huh. well, you just have a fluorescent light bulb to right there near it, and it would get brighter and dimmer. And when you raise it up or down to a certain position, you lock it in based on the intensity of the light coming off the fluorescent tube. Hmm. So you get your wavelength. Interesting. All right. Well, let me keep exploring, and let's see, let's see where this goes. It says the steps sound easy enough. Let's talk about protecting uh, uh, these power grids. Uh, but many seemingly simple procedures were not in place to prevent the 2003 blackout or the cascading outage in Southern California in 2011. There are many more tools and data sources uh, to help identify outages, but a lack of planning and the novelty of the technology means that it is not always leveraged by grid operators. It says, in some ways, protecting against a physical attack may be easier than protecting against a cyber attack. Since the grid was first built, utilities have been physically protecting facilities. We talked about this earlier. Whereas the cyber threats are more a recent development that utilities are less familiar with addressing. A recent survey from Utility Drive found that cybersecurity was at the bottom of a list of pressing challenges for utilities with grid reliability only somewhere in the middle. Better coordination between utilities and grid operators will be the key in preventing cascading outages in the future. FERC and NERC, (laughs) I'm sorry, that's funny. FERC and NERC are evaluating whether mandatory reliability standards may be necessary to physically protect the grid, and the government agencies are also encouraging more cooperation between utilities to address address grid vulnerabilities. So a cascading, do you know about that cascading outage? Do you know how that works? He's muted. 
He's leaving me on my oh, own. What are they saying? Enough. What's that? What are they saying about cascading? Well, cascading is one after the other, like a domino effect? Exactly. Yeah, they didn't say a lot about it, but I'm, I'm going to find it on some of these other articles. Well, let's fast forward then. Cascading outage is where one place goes down, the next one goes down, and the next one goes down. It's like a domino. So each successive power station becomes overloaded, and they have the, whatever the circuit breakers are, however they regulate the power, it, it shuts them down. So here's one here. Physical attacks on power substations in multiple states report. Now, the first thing I read was 2014. This one's brand new. This one's 12-7. So December 7th, well, that's interesting, uh, of, uh, of this year. And this is from Newsweek. Newsweek actually has some good articles. Physical attacks on power substations in multiple states. So this has been going on for a while. See, the other thing is that I'm curious about is that these attacks on power substations have been going on for years, you know, since, uh, what was the San Jose one? 2000, uh, let's say 2014 for that. So it's either 2013 or 2014 um, that they had the attack on the San Jose power substation, and it's still going on. We just had them over Christmas. So what I'm curious about is not so much – well, I am concerned that they can knock out major portions of the country. But the other thing I'm curious about is why there are so many of these things and why we don't have any perpetrators, why we don't have any arrests, we don't have any uh, you know, explanations, we don't have any reports on the people that are doing this. Well, that's ridiculous. Anyway, the article says there have been physical attacks – let me see get the author here. Trinity – oh, no, it's Trinity Auto. I'm sorry. Who wrote the article? Let me see if I can find the author here. Uh, Khalida Rahman, K-H-A-L-E-D-A-R-A-H-M-A-N, Khalida Rahman, wrote this. And it says, there have been physical attacks on power substations in multiple states in recent months, according to a new report. Another report. About 35,000 people in North Carolina's Moore County remain without power on Wednesday after the substations were damaged in what authorities described as a targeted attack. Well, that was just a few weeks ago. Authorities said outages began on Saturday after one or more people drove up to the substations, breached the gates, and opened fire on them. Well, isn't that that's exactly what they did in San Jose back in 2013. Moore County Chief Deputy Richard uh, Manis, M-A-N-E-S-S, told Newsweek on Wednesday that investigators are working around the clock, they always say that, to determine who was responsible but are not ready to publicly identify. Well, I don't think anybody's ever been identified as, as shooting up a power substation. That is curious in itself. No, they weren't around with COVID masks on. You can't see them. <laughs> well, actually, when I take what? that back, they can't see them because they have technology that can look through that mask. <clears throat> they have technology that can uh, measure your DNA aurora presence of where you've been. It lasts for a certain period of time. So they can tell it which McDonald's and which chair, which bench you sat at. You but they don't use the white script. We're all leaving a trail? That's Everywhere you go. Wow. You leave a DNA trail. Huh. That's how the bloodhounds find us, I guess. Okay. Well, bloodhound was the old anti- – bloodhound was the uh, – was the – was the genesis of it all, but uh, it's beyond <laughs> the nose of a dog now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know what the slaves used to do? Slaves used to take uh, used to take cornmeal and roll it up in a ball, and as they was running through the woods, they would throw the cornmeal down, and the dogs run up on them and start barking. They throw the cornmeal balls to them and say, "Hush, puppy, hush, puppy." 
Okay. <laughs> He's being funny. Did it work? Yeah, that's where you get the that's where you get the product called hush puppies. Hush puppies, yeah, okay. <laughs> I figured that's where you're going. Okay. <sighs> Back to my news story. <laughs> it says now, uh, now News Nation has reported that a memo from the federal law enforcement, from federal law enforcement, revealed similar attacks have taken place in other states. So again, this is my curiosity. Now, given that the fact that we don't have a justice department, uh, that they, they kind of you know are bringing terrorists in across our border, uh, and the fact that people are shooting up power stations, I'm just wondering what the connections are and why nothing's being done to arrest, exploit, and uh, you know, what, what, is, what would be the crime here? It seems like a terrorist crime. I mean, if you're shooting a power substation, what, what's the crime? Infrastructure? It's not just property it's damage. Vandalism. It's vandalism. serious. Plain old vandalism. That's what it is. You might have somebody pissed yeah. because they left your bill or they turned the electorate off. It's vandalism. That's all it is. Yeah. I, I tend to lean more towards terrorism and, and more of an organized situation. But we'll, let's keep exploring. Well, where are they coming from? Are, that's a good question. We well, see we don't Oregon? know because nobody's nobody's been <laughs> been arrested yet. Well, yeah, but no one's been. But Oregon is full of people. You know, the West Coast has a lot of Asian folks. The East Coast has European folks. You know, and it's just uh, and, and, you know different places. So you know. what do you so, get out of doing that? The person that went in and shot them. What is the what are they getting out of that? They ain't hurt that's nobody. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, why and what is the but why a power station? You know, if you want to shoot something up, let's because shoot something they up pissed that, that off explodes. because they got the electric turn off, maybe. No, I don't think so. No, I think this is more organized than that. Uh, because most people, yeah, uh, but what's going to I never, I never heard about this stuff at all. If it's organized, it has to be paid for. Okay, and that's true. If it's being paid for, it means that the end goal is going to 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 cover the cost of the expenses to have people staying in a hotel. And driving vehicles and going distance. So, what is the end goal? Well, what's the end goal of shutting off our oil? It's a reduction. And what's the goal? What's the end goal of, of destroying all our food processing plants? I mean, it all seems to be tied together. This is what I'm getting at. This is another phase well, the, in the destruction of our, of our country by destroying our infrastructure, making it impossible for us to have a have a good life here. Yeah, the valves that went off. On the pipeline, it was uh-huh. immediately detected. You got, you have means of, you have sensors that, to detect the flow. When the flow gets, as it's a, as it's a blowout, you're gonna have more flowing, and the pressure uh-huh. is gonna drop. Yeah, but the problem was that it could be hacked. It wasn't the problem that they could shut it off quickly, which is, or they could open the valves, you know, and get the oil flowing again quickly. That's good. I mean, that's a design feature. I love that. The real problem is the fact that it was hacked in the first place. Well, then you have to, it's just like your home computer. You got to put some anti-hacking software on it to prevent that from happening again. But the thing is, is that if you can't control a valve, you know, that that panel, all it does is control relays. One little relay controls a bigger relay, controls a bigger relay. And ultimately, if the relays go back, then you got to send a worker out there, and he has to open or close the valve manually. Yeah. Let me let me get more into this here because there's, there's more stuff coming. It says power companies in Oregon and Washington have reported physical attacks on substance using hand tools, arson, firearms, and metal chains, possibly in response to an online call for attacks on critical infrastructure. This is where this is where I'm getting to. You know, this might be more organized. They said this is the government report. In recent attacks, criminal actors bypass security by cutting the fence links, lighting nearby fires, 
shooting equipment from a distance or throwing objects over the fence and onto equipment. See, this is a lot more organized than just this random vandals. The FBI told News Nation, um, I guess a different source, that it is too early to know the, the mode of the attack that caused widespread outages in Moore County, but there have been similar cases in North Carolina and other states in recent months. Yeah, it's been, it just happened over Christmas, you know, three weeks after this article was written. This is while our standard, here's a quote, while our standard practice is to decline comment on specific bulletins, the FBI routinely shares information with our law enforcement partners in order to assist in protecting the communities they serve. We'll see about that. Uh, and F, this is from an FBI spokesperson telling Newsweek. says, we urge the public to remain vigilant and report any suspicious activity to law enforcement. So they're watching this. Interesting. Then it says, ahead of November 8th's midterm elections, Newsweek documented the digital dissemination of a wide array of plots, manuals, and manifestos by domestic extremists. I'd love to know who they are. Seeking to incite acts of sabotage against energy sites, especially electric, uh, electricity substations. And that's according to U.S. and examples of such attacks. Across the U.S. and examples of such attacks, right? There we go. It says those included an act of vandalism, that's what you talked about, that caused fairly significant damage at a transformer servicing the Keystone XL pipeline in South Dakota. Well, isn't that strange? And a shooting that caused a chemical spill at a Pacific Gas and Electric site in California in July. So they're back to PG&E. In March, thousands of customers in southern Oklahoma were reportedly left without power after bullets riddled a transformer site, uh, causing a, ma- a major oil leak. Well, if it's, if it's you, know, um, you know, bullets riddled, you're talking possibly automatic weapons, okay? Then, unless they stood, stood there for a long time with their single-shot rifle. <laughs> you know, and it says, uh, well, do you have a comment, Pianchi? I thought I heard you come back there. Well, yeah, I got a good comment on this. So what huh? we need to do... Is what they want to do or will do is station about a dozen armed AR-15 guards around the power station. And, oh, by the way, over here on this street, there's a house, and we found out that they bought an AR-15 a week before last and more ammunition. Let's go over there and take it from them. So six of you guards, come go with us, and we're going over on this street two blocks over. We're going to take their guns. Oh, by uh-huh. the way, what about that street down the other way? So that's what probably they're trying to do. They want to station, pre-station these jackboot thugs that's going to go into your neighborhood and start disarming you. Yeah, very possibly. And that's something we have to watch for. But don't you find it interesting? It says those acts included, a vandalism included a fairly significant damage to a transformer servicing the Keystone XL pipeline. Well, we know what probably could be behind that. The the pipeline is passing through through lands that maybe the engines contributed to the grave sites or something. So, you know, there's all kinds of sources. You got to add those people that's anti-oil, maybe coming from them. That would be the first ones I suspect. Mm -hmm. The greenies? The greenies are up there? That's possible. I don't know. Like I said, I'm okay, just asking the question. They have to run up in the last year. They have the pipelines elevated. They can't put it in the ground because the hot oil would throw off the soil and cause environmental and ecological harm. Yep. Yep. That's true. Uh, let me uh, continue on here and uh, get a couple more of these here. This is, like I said, there's a lot of questions. There's more questions than answers. Then it says here in March, thousands of customers in southern Oklahoma were reportedly left without power after bullets riddled a transformer site, causing a major oil leak. So, again, they're shooting these things. So we're, I'm looking for common threads here. 
says on November 11th, more than 12,000 people lost power in North Carolina's Jones County after a substation owned by Carteret, C-A-R-T-E-R-E-T, Carteret Craven Electric Cooperative, was damaged by criminal vandalism. The vandals damaged transformers and caused them to leak coolant oil. Uh, well, of course, that's going to overheat them, right? Uh, that's what the company said. The investigation into that incident is ongoing, and no suspects have been identified or arrested. Well, that's curious in itself. I mean, no suspects? So, some, so first of all, here's something you could do. They have technology. They have like these uh, bullet detectors, right? So they have these sensors that can triangulate sound and tell you exactly where a gunshot's coming from. Yeah, so that'd be that would be up to the municipality to do that, though. That's right, but that's something that could be easily put on a power plant. If they're, if they're shooting mass amounts of uh, – these things are right on the street because they, be, they have to be accessible. They don't hide them in the woods. You know, they're right there on the street. I know a couple of them around the, the Milton area. I know exactly where they are. Yeah, they're out there right in the open. So if the municipality think it's a problem, that's something that they need to handle. It's not a nationwide thing that needs to be handled by the federal government. Well, law enforcement is always a local or a state problem. You know, there is no constitutional provision for a national police force or most of the Department of Justice. You know, the ATF, the, uh, the FBI, you know, the, the DEA, those are all unconstitutional agencies because there's no law enforcement power in the federal government except for the three crimes that we talked about, treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. None of those yeah, apply so to Yeah, so if it's something like what you've read, maybe it's the labor dispute. You don't tell them what that's from. It don't have to be okay. some people coming from Afghanistan. It have to be people coming from Iran. It don't have to be the Taliban or ISIS. It could just be some idiots out there that's pissed off. Well, apparently they're pissed off in a lot of different places, and they're all pissed off doing the same thing. <clears throat> that's why I think there's more to this. Then it says the, the defendants – oh, they actually found something. The defendants believe their plan would cost the government millions of dollars and cause unrest for Americans in the region. And that's from the Department of Justice. <laughs> there's a misnomer. And they said that in a news release. They had conversations about how the possibility of the power being out for many months could cause war, even a race war, and induce the next Great Depression, or probably more likely the Great Reset. The Department of Homeland Security issued a bulletin on November 30th warning that lone offenders and small groups motivated by a range of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances continue to pose persistent and lethal threats. Well, obviously, these are leftists because if it was conservatives, uh, they would have said, no, white supremacists. They would have said uh, right-wingers, right-wing terrorism. The fact that Newsweek, the fact the government did not identify the political ideology of these people tells me that they're leftists, leftist anarchists, leftist Marxists. Bring it all down, man. Exactly. It, 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 exactly. You got some misfits that's going around eating nacho and cheese and drinking beer. Well, what if the government's funding those misfits? I mean, this is, gets, this, this is, there's a lot of rabbit holes here. Well, then you say. need to catch some of them, waterbore, and make them talk. Well, see, I want to know why they're not public. You know, if someone's convicted of this, that, then that becomes public record. You know, the press should be in on this. Then it says the bulletin. Oh, don't worry. They're start blaming Trump for it here in a little bit. Well, well uh, that's probably coming. But here's what it says so far. It says the bulletin said that targets of potential violence include public gatherings, faith-based institutions, that would be churches, the LGBTQ community, schools, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, U.S. critical infrastructure, the media, and perceived ideological opponents. That's where they try to blame it on the, what they consider the right white-wing the right wing white supremacists. But at so the same that, time, your LGBTQ right. organization are attacking you by wanting to put the material into your schools that's going to deprave the mind of your children. 
Yeah, exactly. But I find it interesting. That's that more they talk a threat about... to me than, than that. That to me is more of a threat than some isolated incident of some idiots shooting at power station, a substation. Okay. Well, listen to the way they word this. This is very curious to me. It says that this is in February. They said three men pled guilty to planning to recruit followers to attack substations with powerful rifles. That to me sounds like uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the FBI operatives, and the so-called. Capitol Hill insurrection, which we call the Capitol Hill Invitational Walk-In. This sounds very similar to me, to that operation. Now, again, I'm just, I'm just drawing the parallels that come to mind. The, the language is very interesting. It says the defendants believe their plan would cost, so they already have defendants. They already know who these, the government already knows who these people are, but they're not saying. That's what makes me believe they're leftists, because if they were right-wing supremacists, they would have said so immediately. The defendants, this is from the article, the defendants believed their plan would cost the government millions of dollars and cause unrest for Americans in the region. Well, who wants to do that? Do conservatives want to do that? No. Yeah. Patriots? No. Okay, let's look at libertarians. Let's what you just no. read. Okay. It's going to cost the government millions of dollars. Or the government. Mm-hmm. So if you're in Milton, Florida, and you go down you in Milton, Florida, you're going to mm-hmm. shoot a substation, transformer, mm-hmm. fan, right. the cooling fan. So what government is it going to cost? That substation is probably owned by a private company. Yeah, but it's still a public utility, and it's still, you know, I mean, but dude, that's a good yeah, question. It's a public I, mean, I don't know how much of this The public utility don't own public utilities of regulation uh, arms of the mm-hmm. of the state government. Right. It has nothing to do with providing the power, providing the maintenance, and collecting the bill. Your payments. It has nothing to do with that. So if a person is pissed off at the government, what are they going to get out of shooting up a power station substation, a power good substation? Question. They don't get that's anything out of it. It just yeah. further demonstrates the ignorance. It's people that's doing these things. So why would the Department of Justice write that the defendants believe their plan would cost the government millions of dollars and cause unrest for Americans in the region? So Because the who, next step is to be provide some federal authorized or federal control individuals that's going to be standing around these power stations guarding them under some pretense, which they really can't come into a community like that anyway. But then mm-hmm. that'd be a preclude to control your weapons. Yeah, and who wants to cause unrest? In other words, well, this could be, like I said, it could be just like January 6th. The government brings in Antifa, Black Lives Matter, operators from around the world, agent provocateurs, FBI agents, and people like that to fake an insurrection. So could this not be the same well, thing? Well, I same tell reason? you what, when you look at the people that was involved in those riots, like especially white, those don't look like no uh, common day. Uh, in the month of July, white folks, some of the people was pale as a ghost. Look like it just came from Switzerland or Iceland. Yeah. Well, listen, there's a lot of pale people up in, in Minnesota and Michigan, too, and they're, they're, they're quite loyal Americans. So it's a, yeah, but know, what it, are they it, doing down in Chicago and St. Louis? What are they doing huh? down in, uh, in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, riding? Well, the Department of Homeland Security is definitely in on this with the Justice Department. Like I said, they have a bulletin warning of, of uh, lone offenders and small groups motivated by a range of ideological beliefs. What does that mean? Motivated by a range of ideological beliefs. A range from what to what? From left to more left? <laughs> you know, what, what, where are these, uh, you know, uh, this, is like, this is like buzzwords. This is like code words. It seems to me when they talk about ideological beliefs, they're really talking about the people they don't like. 
patriots, conservatives, independents, libertarians, people like that, people like us. And Christians. And Christians. Well, that's what this year. The bulletin said that targets of potential violence include public gatherings, faith-based institutions, the LGBTQ community, schools, racial and religious minorities. What's a, what, what, is there a religious majority? And then I don't think there is one. Attack when they use when they use those words there, schools and racial mm-hmm. and religious minorities, they're attacking white males. Yeah. Well, what is a religious minority? You know, is there any majority? We don't have a majority religion. You know, if you take the, the Protestants, the Catholic, well, uh, no, but the, I mean, there is no majority religion. I mean, you could say Christian, you know, loosely as a majority, but look at Christian. Christians go from uh, from Catholics to Unitarians, and they're not united. Well, you know, the funny thing about it, being that white population, with those that's uh, labeled as white, will become a numerical minority, then there are the religious minority, those that go to church. Well, I can't wait to be a minority. You know, it's I was a minority in California. It was fun. I, I loved it. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody came up to me and said, you white supremacist, you white this, you white that. I said, look, I'm a minority. I'm the same as you. No, you're not. You're the majority of people. You have the power. Exactly. Oh, really? And where exactly do I have this power? Where where am I keeping it? Is it in my pocket somewhere? You know, where where is this mythical power that I have as a white person? It's a bunch of nonsense. That's that always the question you suppose to him. Now you're talking. Well, you know, listen, I, I appreciate your coaching. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, in fact, I still have my Dr. Walter Williams white exemption. I've got my, my guilt-free white pass. So uh, I should post that mm-hmm. on Facebook sometime. It's still in my computer files. Let me check out. Well, I've got a couple more stories here. I'll probably only get to one. USSA News. Uh, Veritas Libertati Scutum. I'm not sure what that means, but I'll, I'll t- <laughs> it sounds pretty bad. Anyway, so this is, don't let this happen to our country, and then they have the hammer and sickle. So this original post, December 25th, Christmas Day, by Constitutional Nobody. And it says, Washington burglars take out three power substations on Christmas. Burglars. Were they breaking in? Were they stealing things? It says, burglars in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, this is three weeks after the, the, the article I just read. Burglars in Tacoma, Washington vandalized three power stations on Christmas morning, leaving about 14,000 customers without electricity, according to the police. At about 5.30 a.m. on Sunday, the Pierce County Sheriff's Office responded to a call of a burglary at the Tacoma Public Utility Substation on 46th Avenue. Oh, now we know where it is. Police said multiple substations in Tacoma, Washington, were vandalized on Christmas. Multiple substations? So now it's organized, right? Uh, Leaving thousands of residents without power. And that's from, uh, then they got an associate press photo, yada, yada, yada. It says, when deputies arrived, a statement from the department read, uh, they saw evidence that a fenced area was broken into. That's, that's standard procedure uh, for this stuff. And it says, while nothing was taken from the substation, huh, well, they're not really burglars, police said equipment was vandalized, causing a power outage in the area. Yeah, they're, not, they're, they're breaking in. That makes them burglars, but they're not stealing anything. So that's, that's not the purpose of this. This is another burglary was reported later that morning at a Tacoma Public Utilities substation on 22nd or 224th Street. Well, I got a lot of streets there. Again, with forced entry and damage to the equipment and nothing stolen from the scene. At 11.25, a third burglary was reported by Puget Sound Energy of a power outage and a burglary that, caught, that occurred about 2.40 a.m. So these people are up early. So then we have, uh, as a result of the burglaries and vandalism that took place, 14,000 Tacoma residents were without power on Sunday morning. The website poweroutage.org 
U.S. reported just before 7 p.m. on Sunday that only 2,084 Tacoma Public Utilities customers and 1,365 Puget Sound Energy customers were without power. So they fixed a lot of it fairly quickly, which is good. Goes to your point. That doesn't cripple the nation, you know, for a long time. This is fixable. This is all three burglaries remain under investigation, which means they're not going to tell you what they already know. And suspects have not been apprehended. Shit. Well, obviously. The post-Washington uh, burglars... Um, the post-Washington burglars take out three power substations on Christmas, uh, appeared first on the American Partisan. Click the, oh, there go, click the, okay, so there we go. So yeah, so three Christmas, they, when you do things on Christmas, you do it because you want to make a statement. So I just find it interesting that three power substations, you know, Christmas Day, were vandalized all in the same area of Tacoma. It's interesting. Well, it could be uh it could it could be a group of uh, a group of people or a couple few people that's pissed off at the power company. The same thing they would be uh, pissed off at the lumber company, so they go set the forest on fire. Hmm. But I'm gonna leave it here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a couple things at the top of the hour, and we'll pick this up tomorrow. But uh, I think it's definitely worth thinking about. And like I say, we, we disagree about this. I think it's more organized. I think they could be rehearsing for a big terrorist activity. Uh, I think it's interesting that they're rogue gangs, that the, the military is not, I mean, the, the, the federal law enforcement folks aren't saying who. Nobody's been publicly identified. You know, when, uh, whenever there's a, a white cop that shoots a black person, I mean, their face is all over the world, you know, within minutes. But the fact that people are shooting up our power stations, they already have people in custody. You know, I think they've got convictions. They call them defendants. I don't know where they are. But the fact that nobody's been identified at all, that's suspicious to me. That's very suspicious to me. This whole thing stinks. Well, I tell you what uh, should happen, could happen, is citizens in those areas get their protection, get their guns, the weapons, and go out and protect these power stations. Yeah, I think, though, that it's uh, like anything else, you know, once that happens, um, they're going to go to the places that aren't guarded. You know, it's, it's like uh, well, the, you the got, terrorists. Go if a power station is providing electricity to one home, that mm-hmm. one homeowner, that's two homeowners, three, can protect that power station because they have an interest in it. Mm-hmm. You don't need the government to do that. Except that how do you know at You what don't need point, the government. Yeah, I mean the thing is you don't, you don't want to start just executing people, you know, who you know who might just break into it. That's one thing. What about people who's just staring at it? Well, they're casing the place. You know, the, that's okay. Nothing wrong with them staring, staring at. Yeah. But when they begin to do physical harm to it, then you got a right. You should protect it. It's needed by you. Yeah, I think that I see a slippery slope here because again, I'm always looking out for the innocent, not the guilty. And so I can see where there could be some potential tragedies here. Uh, people saying, well, we think it might have been, you know, plotting to uh, to do something here. So we're just going to settle this right now. Extreme, I know. Well, but... If somebody come up with, if somebody it goes across the fence and starts yeah. using a crowbar to get into a building, then you stop them. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I understand. I think, I think All the authorities. Turn them over to yeah. the authorities. Yeah. Let's pick this up tomorrow. Um, just... Um, couple things here before I go. I got a couple things to play for y'all. And uh, I never know if they're going to cut me off right at the, uh, the, the, the actual three hour mark, which is in about 35 seconds. So just in case I'm back tomorrow at 7 a.m. I'm getting ready to go out and case some substations. 
Well, let me know what you find. <laughs> I'd be curious. Okay. So enjoy your casing. And, uh, yeah, sounds good. Thanks for your help today. I appreciate it. So, Greg, right, I'll talk Radio. to you later. Be careful. All right. You too. Sounds good. Um, so we have a couple places where you can contribute to us. GiveSendGo.com slash Action Radio. Uh, PayPal.com slash PayPalMe slash Action Radio. And, uh, you know, and just, uh, just go over our broadcast notes. Everything you need is there. WriteYourLaws.com is our website. BlogTalkRadio.com slash CitizenAction is where you find the show. And like I said, just in case they cut me off, I'm going to play a couple things for you here. And then I will be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, with, with more Power Station stuff. That will be our Wednesday show. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care. Better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, 
social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.